Blog Talk Radio. Through all the months and weeks of recruiting, thousands of phone calls and updates by the canesport.com and rival staffs, the drama, the ups and downs of the fog of war, and everything else in between. Admit it right now, Canes fans, there is one thing that you wish that you could have been there to see. Alabama making a final weekend push this past weekend to steal Chad Thomas from the U, went so far as to take him to Nick Saban's house for breakfast on Sunday morning, and they had him play the piano with Nick Saban's wife. Come on, admit it. You would have paid to see that. Well, tonight on Kane Sport Live, we hope to bring you the next best thing, and that would be Chad Thomas talking about playing the piano with Nick Saban's wife. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to a special recruiting edition of Kane Sport Live. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Kane Sport, and we're once again getting ready to embark on the fastest two hours in Hurricane Sports, this time recruiting style, live from the middle of the fog of war. Tonight, I'm joined by our managing editor, Matt Shodell, and we are hoping during the course of our show to bring you insight from special guests. As always, this is your show, and it's going to be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. Since we probably aren't going to make it through all of the issues that everybody wants to talk about tonight, I'm going to tell you in advance that we're probably going to schedule a second recruiting show for tomorrow night so that we continue. And that will include a lot of the issues that have been identified on the canesportalk.com message boards that um, you guys would like to hear us discuss regarding recruiting here as we approach National Signing Day. But we already have a full board on tonight's show. We have special guests that we expect to join us as we go along the way. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm first going to welcome our managing editor, Matt Shodell, who's going to take a break here for a couple hours along with me um, from hitting the phones. And uh, Matt, how are you doing tonight? I just want to know if you're going to play the piano with Chad Thomas. That's all I want to know. I would love to play the piano with Chad Thomas. That kid is the luckiest guy in the world. He's sitting there right now, two days before signing day, and he's got the keys to the music school at Miami, Florida State, and Alabama. And uh, I'll tell you, if you're a high school football player, um, that's really not too bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the thing with Chad, and it's weird. When you talk to him, he'll never say it's done deal for Miami, but he tweets things out that he's 1,000% to Miami. Then he tweets out how great Alabama was. You know, then he tweets out again how you know, he's 1,000% to Miami. I mean, but you talk to him, and he says he's fully committed to Miami 100%. They say, so, you know, so Alabama's out of it, so Florida State's out of it. And he always says, well, no. You know, so, I mean, you guys can hear for yourself tonight. I don't know. Maybe he'll say something different. But that's how pretty much all these interviews with him that I've done over the last two weeks have gone. And we've tried to sort of report on it as accurately as we can based on exactly what he's saying the last two weeks. But it's been some weird interviews, as, as those of you on Canesport.com have seen. Well, it's you know, part of the fun of, of being in the fog of war. And before we get to the phone calls, I'd like to tell everybody what is not fun is what we had to deal with on Sunday. And um, you know, we're going to chalk it up to um, the naivety of youth or whatever. But you know, those of you know that Sean Burgess Becker and Calvin Ridley, two top prospects from the next class in 2015, decided to uh, get in on the act here in 2014 and, and told everyone that they were going to make their announcements Sunday at a seven-on-seven tryout camp in 
in, in North Miami at 12 noon on Super Bowl Sunday. So, you know, of course, um, we sent one of our reporters out there, and he had to stand on the field literally for four hours waiting for these guys to decide if they're going to make their announcements. And then they tweet out that they're not going to make an announcement that day. And, uh, man, that was a disappointing start to 2015. And, you know, those two are great players, and it was looking like they were going to commit to Miami. And um, as Hurricane fans, I think all you guys can hope is that they grow up a little bit between now and uh, next February when we'll all be sitting here talking about um, where they're going to go to college unless they decide to commit before that. But uh, obviously no way to predict that. All right, we got a full board already. Um, like I said, we got some special guests lined up, but we're going to go right to the phone calls right now. We're going to begin tonight in the 954, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Are you with us? Going once. Yeah, All right, Hello? there you are. Yep, you're on the air. Go ahead. All right. That's, you not, a good to way to start, that's not a good way to start the show, Gary. No, terrible, terrible way to start the show. We got, we got a decom, we got a decom, we got a decommitment on the phone. <laughs> Great line, Matt. Let's go now to the um, the three four seven, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Kwame. How are you doing tonight? What's up, man? This is Kwame. How are you? Yeah, we're doing good. Hey, i uh glad you're back. I, I had a couple of questions uh, in regard to um, this past weekend and the visits. Uh, I guess let's start with, you know, Trevante Valentine and his, you know, visit slash non-visit. And, you know, of course all the signs are important to uh, his relationship with Corey Raymond and uh, at LSU. But I guess, one, is there any, you know, hope or last-second push, uh, you know, that you see, in, you know, him com- coming into this 2014 class um, at-, at all for that matter? I'm, just, I- I'm t- sort of beside myself as to, you know, why I-, – I understood why he decommitted, you know, I guess, the, I guess the-, the smoke that he put out there was because of all the Penn State stuff. But, you know, given the fact that, you know, Al is thoroughly committed again and his main lead recruiter is still here, Julie Brown, then what's the deal? Uh, well, I guess uh, Matt, number- Matt hold, time out, Kwame. Matt, Matt spoke to his mom pretty extensively yesterday, so I'm going to let him take this one. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, well, first of all, I love how you said visit slash non-visit, because I think that sort of sums up this whole recruiting year. You know, I mean, nothing seems like what it really is, you know. It, it, first of all, it was a non-visit. He did not visit, okay? But, um, yeah, I did talk to his mom quite a while. Miami coaches um, tracked him down um, last week for an in-home visit. They visited – Al Golden visited him. Then they tra- the two coaches, him and Hurley, traveled and visited Trevante. Trevante wanted to go home for the weekend to think things over just because he's so confused. He didn't want to come on a visit and have to rush into a decision three days later. Um, you know, I'm not sure that I've ever heard of a kid who decides not to take a visit winding up, you know, at that school. I've never heard of a kid not turning down an official visit and then, you know, committing there or signing there three days later, that's sort of weird. But nothing's been normal about his recruitment. Um, I do think his mom um, would like him to make a choice that's best for him, and I'm not sure that she thinks it's LSU, just because, you know, when, when I talked to her, she kept saying that he needs to start over and he needs to weigh out his pros and cons, and he's finally agreed to do that. She made it very clear to me the reason that he is slightly favoring LSU, at least heading into um, – into this week is because he has friends there, like you mentioned, you know, and she doesn't want to see him make a decision based on social reasons. That that's a ridiculous reason 
to choose your, your future. It's the biggest decision this kid's going to make up to this point in his life, and he's going to base it on a couple of friends he's made. I mean, that's insane. So she's trying to make sure he sees that. Um, you know, he, he has family in Miami who can look out for him. The one thing that I think Miami has going for right now is the kid is worried that a year from now he'll be in LSU or two years from now he'll be in LSU and he'll, he'll miss home. He'll want to come home. He'll be homesick. Um, now, is that going to be enough to prevent him from joining his friends? I don't know. If push came to shove right now, and I think he has to sign right now, I think he probably picks LSU. But the way this kid's recruitment's gone, in the next day or two, that could be Miami. You know, So uh, I really hope that he sits down and really listens to people around him and, and makes an educated decision versus just saying, well, you know, I feel better at LSU because i got a couple of friends there. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's my take. You, you did. You did wholeheartedly. I guess the next you know, two up on the board would be, and I was actually surprised that he took a trip because I had not heard a whole or read a whole lot about the relationship between Lorenzo Feathers, that I hope I pronounced his name correctly, and uh, Lamont Gaylord. I know that we had tried to get Lamont early on, but, the you know, the chatter died down, and all of a sudden things are eating back up. Uh, and I know actually both, I mean, Lorenzo took a 15-hour car ride just to get to campus. So that was, that, that sort of impressed me that the kid was willing to hop in the car with his family, drive 15 hours to, to see what the U was all about. Yeah, we so just I'm wish wondering... he would talk about it after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you guys don't have much to report about when it comes to Lamont and Lorenzo. Well, well, I can tell you that with, with, Lorenzo, with Lamont, I spoke to Lamont's coach today. He actually had Lamont in class and said right in front of Lamont that, you know, his understanding is he's signing with George on Wednesday. And Lamont, I didn't hear Lamont in the background saying, hold on, coach, it's still even, or I'm still thinking about Miami. No, I mean, he says, he says Lamont's sitting right next to me. Uh, the plan is for him to sign with Georgia Wednesday. There was no ruckus in the background. So, I mean, I don't think Lamont's coming unless Lamont's keeping secrets from his coach. Um, as for Lorenzo, just so you understand how this works, okay, for him to take a 15-hour drive to campus doesn't mean that much versus flying because – what it means is he did want to see Miami. That's all it means. It doesn't mean, oh, my God, he really wanted to see Miami because the NCAA rules only let Miami treat him to the visit. If his parents want to come with him, his family wants to come with him, they have to pay for their own plane tickets. By them mm. driving down, the NCAA will pay for their gas, will pay for their travel for the whole family. So that's why they drove down versus flying. I don't want you to read too much uh, into, oh, they understood. all drove down, they spent all the time in the car. They did it because so that the family could see the campus and enjoy Miami. It's, a, it's like a vacation, you know. So I don't want to read too much into that. But, um, you know, will he go with Miami? I don't know. The kid doesn't talk. He didn't even talk to reporters at his games last year sometimes. So I, I don't know what to tell you on that one. I, I guess like, my Bobby, last any... question is J.C. Jackson before I sign off. And you can put me on hold, Gary. I mean, I'm, I'm so sick of these kids right now. They're playing with my emotions. But what's going on with J.C., the, the latest? I heard Al had an in-home with him. And, and yeah. you know, his mom seems to like him. But, you know, will he choose us come Wednesday? Well, you know, the first thing I can tell you is that uh, Larry Scott, uh, Miami's tight end coach, has, has really done just a, a yeoman's job of recruiting J.C. Jackson. You know, it's been a pretty frustrating deal for Miami. There have been so many times along the way where they thought they had him and he was on the verge of a commitment, um, and, and then he would wait. And he, he just wouldn't come through. And um, I know just from talking to a lot of people in, involved in that thing that um, Larry Scott's really hung in there tough and you know, he's, he's kind of like a quiet assistant in recruiting. You don't see his name come up very much, but um, he's really a pretty good recruiter in, um, when he gets the, in the right situation. And um, so he's kept Miami in the game there with J.C. Jackson. And um, we still think there's a pretty darn good chance that he's picking Miami. I mean, I think we have it 50-50 right now. 
um, on the hot board. But, um, you know, it, it, I think it's a strong 50. Um, you know, I, I do think that there's a, a pretty darn good chance that he picks Miami. You know, I, I don't understand why it's taken so long for him to commit. That's the only thing that makes me wonder about that deal. Thank you so much, guys. All right, Quant. So you want us to be kept on hold, you said? Yes, please. All right. Thank you for calling tonight. All right. Let's go out now to the uh, 718, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. What's up? BK Hurricane. What's up, BK? How are you doing tonight? What's going on, Gary? Uh, look, you've been hiding somewhere or what? Man, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, we're hiding. We, yeah, I know. Everybody you, was you, asking for you. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> We are working for everybody this thing. Everybody's calling for you. <laughs> We're working this thing literally 18 hours a day. I know, man. It, it's it a dead period for us. We're dying. <laughs> so what you got tonight? Period. Oh, yeah, listen. Um, you know, just a couple things in terms of recruiting. Um, do we have, like, any, you know, any linebackers, like, still available that we're looking at? Because I'm just, you know, maybe it's just me, but I'm just kind of, like, not comfortable with, you know, with who we have signed on. Are you there, Chad? Yes, sir. Okay, hold on a minute. Oh, wait. Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, Give me a minute. Go ahead. Finish your question, then we're going to go to Chad. Yeah, you know, I mean, just in terms of the linebackers, you know, you know, I know the defensive line thing. You know, we're looking, you know, we're looking pretty good at defensive end, having trouble at defensive tackle right now, getting guys to come in. But I think more, you know, another issue would be our linebacking recruiting has been kind of down. You know, don't you think? let, Let me let me say this. Okay, you got to remember, if you look at the board, look, look at all the guys coming in on the defensive line, okay? And one of them is going to be joining us in a, middle, in a minute um, if things go well by the name of Chad Thomas. And right. you, you've, got, you've got a lot of talent coming in at that defensive end position. And you've got guys on the current roster um, like McCord and Muhammad that are being projected to possibly fall back as linebackers. Oh, so, okay. I, I you know, didn't know and, that. I didn't and, know and, that. And, and we'll ask him in a minute. But, you know, I'm not dismissing the fact that Chad Thomas could possibly play linebacker, too. I mean, and we'll see what he thinks about that. Really? I, you know, you know, well, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm, <laughs> he, he's more likely to be a defensive end, no argument. But, I mean, if you watch Chad and the, the athleticism and the way he plays at, at some of these camps and, and stuff, um, I'm not going to um, – I wouldn't – rule out anything as it pertains to him so you know i think you've got a lot of guys and a lot of a lot of talent being built up on this roster that can play that defensive end linebacker you know either or type of deal and um i i think that's why you only see three true linebackers on the board in terry mccray darian owens and Jawan young and um you know i think the one thing that you can notice about this recruiting class uh, is the coaches are making a, a huge effort to get bigger at that linebacker position, which, you know, everybody knows has been very sorely needed. Um, and that's been part of the problem that Miami's been having on defense is, is that it, it just hasn't been as big and physical at the linebacker spot as you really would, would like to be. So, um, you know, to answer your question, you know, I think you got three true linebackers there. I think you got guys on the roster that might fall back and, 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 be, and you know, play that position. So I, I think it's, it's fine the way it is. Um, I want to get to Chad Thomas. Was there anything else you wanted real quick tonight? Uh, so you're saying that these guys may move to linebacker full-time or just kind of part Yeah, time? absolutely. Um, there's, there's but that very hurts strong that defensive end if these guys move out of there. We don't, well, like, you know? 
well, like you know, like I said, you, you you got a lot of talent coming in at defensive end, so I think you just got to see you know how it shakes out here in spring practice and fall practice, and um, that's what the coaches are, are going to be working on with all these young players coming in, and uh, their goal is obviously to build the defense that you know once again can make uh, the the three hundred five and beyond uh, proud. All right, let's see if they could develop these guys and let's see what happens. All right. Um, hasn't been too good, but Gary, thanks a lot, man. You're doing a great job. Thanks for calling us tonight. Um, All right. All right. Now let's go out back to. Um, we're going to bring in Chad Thomas right now, um, a guy who. Hey, Chad. You know, um, I was joking about you at the start of the show. I, I I loved hearing that story about you playing the piano with Nick Saban's wife over breakfast in Tuscaloosa. And and before we get into the nitty-gritty here of recruiting and, and your announcement on Wednesday, tell us a little bit about what that was like on Sunday um, at, at uh, Coach Saban's house playing the piano with his wife. Um, you know, I got on the piano at his house. Uh, a lot of people, I had all the coaches, the whole coaching staff around me. She was there. And, you know, when I got on, I just started playing, and everybody was amazed at how I could, like, really just get down on the piano. I could play. I could really play. And then she, uh, Coach Saban said she knew how to play a little bit. So she got down, and she told me she was going to play a bass line. And she played a little thing and told me, like, she was naming the chords. I already knew what, like, I didn't know the song, but I, like, understood the chord, like, the arrangement. So, you know, I started soloing to it, and we just started playing together. And it got, like, got a little bluesy in there. In his house, everybody was just tapping their feet and stuff. <laughs> was the whole coaching staff dancing? Nah, they weren't, you know, nah. It's too cool to dance, you know. It's just everybody <laughs> was around the piano, just like snapping fingers and stuff, you know, just rocking their heads, just had amazed at what I could do or add on to just anybody playing with me. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, you know, we've been doing this a long time. That is one of the best recruiting stories that I have ever heard, and um, I'm sure it was a lot of fun. But, um, you know, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Tell, fill everybody in. Obviously, you know, we've got thousands of Canes fans out here listening tonight on this show, and and you've been such an important part of this recruiting class and, and obviously have been committed for a long time. And you've never wavered verbally. You've been, I mean, you've even called yourself a 1,000% committed to Miami. But, you know, you went to Florida State, you went to Alabama the last couple of weeks, and, you know, those are obviously, uh, you know, very high-profile schools in college football, and, and that's created a lot of uncertainty about what you're going to do on Wednesday. Can you um, just take a moment now and just fill us in on where you stand here on Monday night and, and, and what potentially might happen on Wednesday? Oh, um, right now I'm sitting at Denny's in North Miami with a North, uh, with a Miami with a UM sweater on right now. So Are you? To let everybody know what's up. Uh, you know, this is like the hardest choice, the hardest choice for an 18 year old to pick for me myself, just knowing uh, my other teammates. So uh, just thinking on it, I am still 100 percent committed to Miami. I'm just thinking on it, makes sense. That's that. That's the right school for me. Hey, Chad. Hello? Hey, Chad. Sorry, it's Matt. You know, I wanted to ask you because I, I love, you know, we've had some interesting conversations, you and me, throughout recruiting, and we've, we've known each other for a while now. But um, the last couple of times we talked, you know, you'd say that I'm 100% committed, but i got to think things out, and you're running out of time. So, I mean, can you sort of let fans know what are you thinking about? Um, what, what are the factors that are going to go into this, you know, to make, to make the 100% or the thousand percent into a thousand and ten percent or a hundred and ten percent. You know, what what's sort of the thought process right now over the next couple of days for you? Uh, 
you know, uh, just making sure everything about UM is good for me, or just going to see these other schools, you know, seeing something different other than Miami, seeing if these schools got something else better for me, seeing they're the, the great program for me. So just, you know, just being for sure, just being sure about my choice. Hey, Chad, you know, obviously, you know, all, all these colleges, particularly the ones at the top of college football that you've been visiting, um, all, and you know, it, you know, obviously Miami's included in, in, on this list as well, all have appealing aspects. And um, there's things at all these schools that different recruits and, and, and high school players like and, and that draws them to those schools, which allows those schools to win on Saturdays as the college football season goes on. And uh, one of the things that, that college coaches really, really hate is when their best recruits go on visits late in the process because, you know, when a, when a guy goes on a visit, and I'm sure you can attest to this from the last two weekends, um, sometimes guys that are committed think that they're going to be like vacations, but they're not really vacations. I mean, when you show up on that campus, you're getting the full court press uh, from those schools, and, and you saw it with Jimbo Fisher and the Florida State um, operation giving you the full court press two weeks ago, and you saw it this past weekend when it even went so much as you're at the at the head coach's house, Nick Saban, um, with the full coaching staff to yourself, playing the piano with his wife and having a good time, and um, it's got to be really, really tough um, for a guy like yourself to, to work through all this. Yeah, you know, it's very tough. You know, um, you know I'm going to up for my age, but it's still, like, a hard decision, you know. It's like, uh, I can't even find an analogy for it, you know. I'm just trying to, trying to just think in the process out, you know. Uh, talking with my dad right now about it a lot. You know, we had long talk, we had some long talks about it. Uh, just, you know, just making sure everything is in the right place. You know, everything is not great at either school, any school you pick, but you still got to go along with it for three to four years or if you stay for that fifth year. So I'm just like taking the part. Uh, you can't really say taking it slow because I only got, what, a day and a half or two more days. I'm just putting all my pieces of the puzzle together and making sure UM is the right school for me. You know, just the other business and everything else, you know, it probably sweat you off. Like a kid in a candy store, you know, yep. other candies probably be better than the other one, but that candy will probably hurt you down in the future. So I'm trying to just make sure everything is right. Hey Chad, it's Matt again. You mentioned your your dad, um, and I, I know you're you know you're a big family guy. Um, is the is the family you know? Uh, do they want to see you at Miami? I mean, everyone, look, I have two kids. I'd love my kids to stay near me for college. I mean, do they talk to you? Say, listen, if it's close between these three, just pick Miami. I mean, is that sort of their their message to you at this point? Uh, my family, everybody's just behind me, whatever decision I make. Because, you know, I got another cousin that's at Louisville right now. He made that decision some years ago, probably three years ago. Yeah. They go to Louisville. So uh, everybody was behind him with that decision. Every time he come down here, he did the same amount of love that he left with. So, you know, they're just behind me, whatever, whatever school I pick. Chad, are you, are you happy you made those visits the last two weeks? Or, or has it just complicated things for you? Both. I say both. You know, I'm happy because I got out of Miami a little bit, seeing something different. Seeing these schools I've seen before, but, you know, just going out of Miami again and seeing something way more different than just a city. 
with a lot a bunch of people I know, getting to meet new people. It's like communicating with other types of people. Uh, but it did like you know you go to other schools, you see something that's better at that school than the last school. And you just look at it and you're like, man, I wish I had that little thing. But, you know, you can't just focus your eyes on one thing. Well, you know, we have an affectionate phrase that we use for this time period in recruiting. We call it the fog of war because, you know, I mean, we've been doing this for a few decades now. And, you know, you see so many guys like yourself go through this. And, and, and when you get to this point now where we're sitting tonight and it's now a day and a half from signing day and, you know, the pressure, and you, you, I'm sure, you know, we're lucky we have you on the phone for a few minutes, but I'm sure you're being bombarded by coaches uh, tonight. And, um, you know, overall, have you enjoyed the recruiting process, or has it just been a lot of stress for you? Uh, a lot of stress, you know. Um, just too much, though. There's too much on me. Uh, I, I know I won't have no fun to put him through this. <laughs> you going to have to play, like, golf or something. But, uh, you know, it's been a lot of pressure. You know, coaches hit you up a lot. Yeah, uh, they say you, you're a dream or something, you know. You know, all these coaches, but I look at it as they're doing their job. So sometimes when I do get aggravated or I feel like it's annoying, you know, I just I just think about what they're doing their job. That's how they're making money. So if I was in that position trying to make more money, I'd do the same thing for the children. Not really manipulating, but, you know, just trying to, See what's up. I really want that child at my school because whatever that child do, his decision, that's where, that's where my paycheck coming from. Hey, Chad, we're not going to keep you much longer. I know, you, you know you're pressed for time always, but um, I was hoping you could provide just some clarity as of right now. I mean, it's not signing day. Things can change. But as of right now, it certainly sounds like Miami's number one on your list. You know, if today was signing day, it sounds for sure you'd sign with Miami if signing day was today. But um, a, I wanted you to verify that, and b, who would be number two right now? Is it is it Florida State or Alabama if signing day was today, and you had to say who who came in second if Miami is indeed first? Can you sort of break down the one, two, and three if signing day was today, even though things can change, obviously? Uh, it'll be Miami, Alabama, and Florida State in that order. And how did Alabama sort of jump FSU? I mean, I thought that I know music's real important to you. Did you find out something about their music program that really impressed you? Slightly, um, you know, they have a not that I'm going to college for band and thing, but you know, uh, Alabama has a top, a top player, a top instrumentalist on uh, a top trombone as a, a trombone teacher out there. And then like they got, they building like other stuff just to add on to their audio, audio engineering program, studios and stuff. Um, I got to see the studio, met the teachers, um, you know. And it's a great school, you know, it's a top football program. You know, uh, it was just something about the atmosphere in Alabama. It was just way better than me, way better to me than Florida State. Like, what type of person I am, it's just the Alabama atmosphere was way better. Hey, did you ask them when they hired that top trombone teacher? Because I heard it was a day before you took your visit. Is that true? No, I'm just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chad, how did you get so into music? Like, how, how did that happen? How did I get so into music? Yeah, what, 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 at what age did you really get into music? And, and, and talk a little bit about how, you know, how that happened. Uh, I really got in like 43 years old. Uh, when yeah. I was young enough to go in the kitchen and grab like pots and stuff and beat up the pots until my grandma came. I'd do that. Um, 
I had a good saw when I was young. Every time I got on a good saw, I mean, I got in the car, I played my good saw to the songs. Uh, my dad, he bought me a, a small drum, like a like a smaller drum set. I used to play on that. You know, just music was my first love. I felt like one day I'd be like the best musician ever. But, you know, I just started gathering up all the instruments. Uh, private school, and I think fourth grade, I thought I was going to play drums, but something happened in class, you know, being a kid, doing stupid stuff. I, uh, I got, I think I got kicked out of class. I was the last person to pick my instrument, and I couldn't pick, I couldn't choose my instrument, and my band director just told me, oh, you got to play trombone. So I picked up trombone, and I think I was, I was playing trombone fourth grade all the way up to, what, last year or this year? I'm still playing it, but not, like, in the band. Well, after you uh, sign your letter of intent on Wednesday, are you going to put on a little show for everybody that's going to be assembled there in the uh, Booker T Auditorium? Nah, 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 nah. I don't know. You're probably, all about... All I'm about probably going to play a song on the PA system. Whatever school <laughs> I signed to. <laughs> all right. Well, it's understandable. You'll be all about business on Wednesday. Hey, listen, we can't thank you enough for joining us tonight. Um, we know this is a stressful time for you, and... Um, you know, obviously you have a biased audience here listening to our show tonight. And, um, you know, be- best of luck uh, in, in the last, I guess, 36 hours here of, of working this all out in your mind. And um, either way, we'll see you on uh, Wednesday morning at uh, 9 o'clock at Booker T. And um, just so everybody listening knows, um, our plan is to broadcast the uh, ceremony at Booker T live for everybody so they can they can watch Chad and uh, Treon Harris and Demetrius Jackson all sign their letter of intent. So, um, Chad, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Yes, sir. All right, that was Chad Thomas, the ultra-talented defensive end from Booker T. Washington. And, uh, you know, he's been 1,000% committed to Miami. He's been 110% committed to Miami. Um, but I think you could tell from listening to him tonight what we've been telling you all along uh, the last two weeks. Um, guys, this is not a slam dunk. Um, this is a young man that has um, been romanced big time the last two weeks. Um, full court press by first Florida State last weekend, Alabama. Um, you know, two of the top programs in college football with very good coaching staffs, and, and they really came hard at Chad. And um, I'm sure they've given him a ton of reasons why they think that he should pick their school, just like everybody listening tonight thinks that he should pick Miami. And um, Phil Field, you know, he's never said that he's that he's not committed to Miami and he's never said that Miami is any less than 100% in, in, in his mind. At the end of the day, usually kids, once they work through this fog of war, end up drifting back to where they were in the first place. And for that reason, you know, I'll go out on the limb. I think Chad Thomas will sign with the University of Miami on Wednesday. But like I said, Alabama did a heck of a job this past weekend recruiting him and bonding with him. And uh, I do believe him when he says that he's sitting around his house just talking it through with his dad and, um, you know, just trying to feel sure about what he's doing. Okay, let's go back out now to the phone lines and let's go to the um, um, 843 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hi, I'm doing good. Um, I just uh, – I really uh, just got a couple of things that I wanted to um... – uh, talk about um, not too much as far as recruiting. Uh, it's just really about you know um, our fan base as Kane. I wait. Kane. Time. Let me let me just stop you. Let me stop you. Let me stop you. 
we will, we're going to have other shows down the road. We're even going to have another one tomorrow night. Tonight, I really want to keep it on recruiting, okay? Because, I mean, we're, on the, we're in the right. nitty-gritty here. So um, do you have anything on recruiting? Uh, yeah. Um, as far as um, I would like – I think we have been doing a great job as far as the defensive line and uh, the linebackers are concerned. As far as our defensive scheme, I really just think the real concern is the middle linebacker. Um, yeah. I feel like that is an important important role in that scheme. And as um, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to downplay uh, Mr. Gaines at all, but but on film, it just really um, just really looked like that key point, the certain decisions he made on taking on certain blocks, that right there uh, kind of failed us as well as having Chickalow and Green uh, on the edge. Which I think well, is great. We are bringing in so much speed, and I love, I love what these guys have, what the staff has done as far as setting speed on the outside. Yeah, well, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right about middle linebacker. I'm not sure there is a real middle linebacker on this team. Um, I personally am not convinced that Rafael Kirby is going to be the answer exactly. there. Exactly. You know, Thank he did not you. look Thank very you. good Thank this you. year at all. I mean, every time he, he was didn't. on the field this year, he did not look he good. Looked, and you know, exactly. He, and I, I don't I know how, if it was just him coming off the bench, you know, and not look. Playing, I don't. You know, I don't know. But he did not look good, and 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 he I didn't. don't have a lot of hope. Hope there, to be honest with you. I hope it, I'm wrong, and I hope he has a great spring and could be a contributor next year. But I was not impressed at all um, by what I saw this year. And so, you know, if you're looking at true freshmen, man, at middle linebacker, that can be a tough deal. I mean, um, exactly. You, you you've got a couple big linebackers, my- Terry Gray, Jawan Young. And you know we don't know yet whether they're how they're going to fit if they're going to be middles or not. But uh, definitely one of the biggest question marks on this football team is middle linebacker. So you um you really don't see anybody as at all um, as far as the incoming recruits and underclassmen that are currently on the roster that could uh, besides Raphael Kirby who was just a clear backup last year. I'm talking about under him who could just kind of at least put competition right there or bulk up maybe or come in and, you know, surprise somebody. I don't know that there's anybody on the current roster because if, if they existed, uh, you would have seen them last <laughs> year. The play, the play at that position was not very good. I mean, you would not have had needed to be a great football player <laughs> to get a lot of playing time at middle linebacker for the Miami Hurricanes last season. Exactly. So just, just, exactly. You know, just keep it real, you know. Exactly. So, you know, we'll see. You know, we'll see. I mean, you know, may, hopefully one of these young guys can come in and, and, and give them some meaningful moments. I guess they always have the option of, of, of moving Perriman more into the middle. Um, but, you know, he's – I'm not sure that fits his abilities real well. So, I mean, we'll just have to see. Um, exactly. And my, my last um, – on my last hand, which is um, – I feel like um, our defense wasn't, a, wasn't that much of a problem this year. It was really – the offense and the forty-second possessions we would have throughout the game. Both. And more. It was both. Stephen Morris had as bad a season as as I mean, he he really had a bad season. Let's be honest. Would and, you really put it on Stephen Morris or uh, I put James a lot of Coley? it because I mean no, he looks so good no, at just just. I'm not going to compare. It, it wouldn't be fair to put it all on Stephen, but 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 I'm telling you. He really he was bad. He was bad though. Was bad, <laughs> and, and then he kind of leaned on his injury a little too much, and and then I think by the what? end of the year, oh, he, he I think he had totally shut it down. I think he was done. 
five with with about three four games left in the season. He did not play very well at all down the stretch. And um, now, now was that an indictment on Ryan Williams that we're seeing Stephen Morris out there no. hobble us to a loss? No, and we couldn't put Ryan Williams. Let me answer your question in. without get. I'm trying to keep us like right to the point here tonight. Okay, exactly, we, exactly, we, exactly. I mean, our board, our board is exploding, and we've got a lot of stuff going on. But just to keep it to the point, no, it's not an indictment on Ryan Williams. Um, I, okay. I think that Al Golden made a decision that he was not going to take Stephen Morris's senior year away from him, and he wrote it out. Yeah. And everybody knows, and, and some people are frustrated by it, Al Golden is as loyal of a man as you are going to ever find oh, anywhere. It doesn't, I, no, I it doesn't matter yeah, what the As long as I saw Sean Green and Chick Lowe on the field at the end, I know. Okay, yeah, but, I mean, uh, you what about go on and on. the second round? Go, go all the way back to his first year when he played Ja'Cory the whole year. I mean, you know, he is as oh. loyal as a guest. And, and he loves his seniors, and, and he doesn't like to take senior years away from kids. And, um, you know, and he, put, he put his own neck on the line. So, All right, all right so I hope that answers back, question. Second running back. What would you say? Second running back. Who can we have a second running back? I just Man. know a league guy that we're depending on on Wednesday. You know, it, it's I'm not, I'm not convinced there's going to be an, another running back. You, you have any oh different opinion, God. Matt? No, I mean, there's you know there's that preferred walk-on we reported on, but, I mean, it doesn't seem like Miami's on the radar for anybody else. I mean, you look at our big board, we got one running back. That's it, Yearby, you know. I don't think that they wanted to settle and take a – Well, they don't want yeah, to take but a but running back who wasn't up to par. You've got you've – got, you coming back, you've got um, – You've got Crawford there. You've got Gus Edwards there. Um, so, and you, you've got you've got guys there to get you through. Oh, I'm satisfied. Season. I'm satisfied, but I can't see Duke get the ball 30 times a game and no. wear him down like and with eight and nine people in the box. I can't. That's not Duke. That's not but, Duke. But you know, you might that's see a lot more a lot more four wide receivers next year. One back. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of the different talent. things they could do. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go guys. Gonna be, though. I'm gonna go guys. All right, they'll have enough running backs next year. Thanks, thanks for calling us uh, tonight. All right, let's go out now to the uh, 305, where you are now live on Team Sport Live. Hey, is that me? It's you. All We're right. on the air. Hi, guys. Johnny O from Bird Road. What's um, up, Johnny O? I have um, two questions. Uh, didn't we have three quarterbacks before, and now I only see two? Did you, you you're, you're asking no because yeah did um, we have three quarterbacks or it was just two all along well there was, well, that, there was that kid a long, a long time ago yeah you're thinking Alan <laughs> Edwards yeah they they let him go a long long time ago but there oh. might be three quarterbacks in this class you might see three on signing day now you know Trayon Harris there's a there's a decent shot that he's going to pick Miami oh. Um, oh, although I'm, I'm some, uh, you know, I'll throw this out there some you know some some people up at Florida think that he's going to pull a big signing day surprise and sign with Florida. Apparently their offensive coordinator up there has done a real nice job of bonding with Treon and convincing him that uh, he'll build that offense up there around Treon's talents. But um, they'll, they'll beat at least the two, and um, you might even see a third in Treon Harris. So we could still get J.C. Jackson, Treon Harris, Ermin Lane, these three no. boys coming up now. No, no Ermin Lane's out. You're not going to get Ermin Lane. But you might get Treon yeah. Harris and Jason Jackson. He hasn't committed it yet, though, right? He's going to commit to Florida State almost definitely. Oh. I don't know what he's waiting for, to be honest with you. 
And, uh, you know, we had a commitment last week, and you guys never put him up on that 2015 page. driving me nuts. E-Money Spence. Um, we'll double-check that. There could be a technical issue there. And, and you're right. He I mean, if you, if, you, if, you, if you read the story, you can consider him self-committed. We'll get rivals to put him on the list. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll get that straightened out for you here. Yeah, it, it, I, you know, within I, minutes. I constantly refresh the rivals page a hundred times a day, and you know, I like to see my my commitments grow on the rivals. You know. Well, the, I mean, not to make it long-winded, but the issue there was he he was not in in the database yet. So before we can make him a commitment, we got to get all his data together um, uh, and get a database. But he'll be up there soon. All right. All right. Anything else tonight? For everything. That's it. All right, cool. man. All right. All right, take care. Thank bye. you. Thank you for calling us. Hey, put me on hold. Too late. <laughs> All right, let's go out now to the 954 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Hello? Going one. Yep, you're on the air. Go ahead. Gary, what's going on? We're doing good. Um, I'm just sitting here just listening. Um, I'm actually more interested in National Signing Day than the Super Bowl yesterday. Um, <laughs> Now, I wonder why. I mean, I'll pay attention to this, um, really detail. Um, I see what you guys write about J.C. Jackson, uh, Trevante Valentine. Um, but do you really think Valentine's coming to Miami? Like, a deep gut feeling? Well, we talked about that at the start of the show. You must not have been with us. Um, you know, um, Matt, um, who's with us, um, spent a lot of time on the phone with his mother yesterday. And basically what we were told was that he's back to 50-50. He's, he's trying to start the process all over again in his mind, sort of hit the reset button, and uh, could go either way. Uh, probably LSU has a little bit of an edge, but uh, could could go either way. All right, perfect. And um, also, Trayon Harris. Um, I, I like Trayon Harris, but I'm a bigger Brad Kaya fan. Um, I just like his poise in the pocket. Uh, I've been watching him, been paying attention to him lately. Um, hopefully he comes in the spring, he looks good, um, and, and takes that starting role, but knowing Al Golden, you know, he starts seniors. Um, Stephen Morris, for him to let him play at the end of the season was a joke. Not taking him out of the Louisville game was a joke. Um, but I would, I would love to see Brad Kyra give Ryan Williams a run for his money. Um, but Trayon Harris would be a great addition. And J.C. Jackson, I mean, you know, the guy, I've seen his highlight tape, the guy's nasty, the guy's insane. But Trevante Valentine's the one guy that I think would seal this class together uh, and, and finish it with a bang, in my opinion. Yeah, you're not wrong. But, so, but Gary, know, listen. But Gary, hey, you can put me on hold, man. That was just a couple things I wanted to just clarify and uh, and get answered. But I appreciate you uh, answering me. No sweat. We'll put you on hold. You can listen to the rest of the show. Let's go now to the eight four five, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Hey. Uh, it's R Silver fifty two. Hey, what's going on? What you got tonight? Uh, I just want to thank you, Matt and uh, Chad Thomas, for that interview. That was really nice. Yeah, that was a great. That was a great ten minutes or so, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, I'm not trying to bring the mood down or anything, but do you think our staff has to address uh, their relationship building with the Florida recruits? I mean, you look at Johnny Dixon. He pretty much set or Myers the reason why he went to Ohio State. Raymond and Toronto Valentine. J.C. Jackson went four hours to go hang out with T. Rob. When's the last time a recruit went four hours to hang out with Paul Williams? Well, you know what? I mean, it's 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 a results-oriented business, and um, you know, there was a, a, a large amount of talent in the state of Florida this year, and um, 
I'd have to look at the list, but I mean, if you look at the signing class, I mean, I count one, two, three, four, five, um, six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, I'm not going to bore everybody with this count, but you've got at least, um, I think, 15 plus guys on this commit list that are, are, are from the state of Florida, most of them from South Florida. So, you know, you're not going to get everybody to come to your school and, and, um, you know, I'll let um, Nick Linder, who's going to join us here in a second, maybe talk a little bit about this subject because he comes from St. Thomas Aquinas, where every year they have so many Division One prospects um, on their team. And the state of Florida, of course, is is a hotbed uh, for recruiting and, and is always going to have so many players. So, you know, number one, you're not ever going to get everybody. Um, number two, you know, there's, there's there's a lot of different issues and factors that go into why kids pick different schools and you know yeah, i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna get too deep into that is one of the reasons why they pick you well no i mean there, there's a lot of other issues i mean with, I with, mean, the, with the exception of with the exception but, of james colby's pretty much you know hand wrapping well, joe year before us i mean i mean you know obviously that's a hot button right Wednesday, now but, but but you know at the end of the day um you know this is a very good recruiting class there's a lot of very good players on here and you know, you, you have to you have to win. You have to be successful, and you, and you build on it. And you know, if you look at all the rebuilds in the history of Miami football, they've all taken five or six years, and it's been a steady progression from six wins to eight, seven wins to nine wins. Um, then you get up to ten, and and then you get into year five and six of the rebuild, and now all of a sudden you're a national title contender. And um, I don't know for some reason everybody expected this to be a shortcut. Um, at a time when you had a new coaching staff come in, um, the, the program was not where you'd want it to be. Um, at, at that time of the coaching change, you went through a very tough period with the NCAA investigation involving Nevin Shapiro um, and some and other things, players leaving early and things like that. And the deck has been very stacked against this Miami football team the last few years. And, uh, you know, it, it, it hasn't been easy. And, yeah, they no, I, yeah, I get know, that. They hit, nine wins. they hit nine wins this year. Obviously, the four losses were were brutal. You know, you know, very tough to take and accept for everybody. Um, but there there has been progress, and um, you know, you got to hope it continues. Yes, no, all right. I'm just saying, if they missed on, uh, I was one last thing. If if I can ask Matt, uh, Trayon uh, Gray, is how is he looking? Is are they going to qualify? Um, I'll, uh, I'll answer okay. that real quick. Um, well, go no, ahead, I'll hang up. Thanks, guys. Take, I'll hang up. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll answer it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I spoke with Aubrey Hill about it. Um, his his deal, and um, you know, it's it's with with academics, it's always sort of sensitive. The kid's raised his GPA a lot, which is great. He's working really, really hard. The issue with him is going to be the test score, which with a lot of these kids is the case. Um, he he really is going to need a 17 on the ACT. Um. He hasn't gotten it yet, so he'll take it a couple more times, and um, hopefully he gets it. I mean, you know, until then, all the speculation, oh, he's not going to qualify is sort of, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you just got to let the kid take the test and, and try yeah, to work exactly. through it. Yeah. Hopefully he qualifies, you know, but got to wait and see. There's your uh, I'll, I'll, weigh in, I'll weigh in and tell you that I think it's going to be a long shot. I really do. I From from what the my sources out of uh, Carroll City tell me that more than likely he's going to have to go to prep school or junior college. Um, so, don't, I, you know, hope hope for the best, but but don't count on it. All right? All right, thanks, guys. That answer.
Hope that answers your question. Um, thanks so much for calling and joining us tonight. All right, now we're going to switch gears again here for a minute, and um, we're going to be joined by Nick Linder, um, very talented offensive lineman from uh, Fort Lauderdale, St. Thomas Aquinas High School. Um, obviously a hotbed of recruiting, not just in South Florida, but the state of Florida and the country as well. Um, Nick, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? We're doing good. You know, it, it, this has got to be a really exciting moment for you. You're, uh, I guess, about 30, 35 hours away here um, from signing with Miami and, and, and becoming a, a Miami Hurricane and uh, getting the chance to go to the school where you've watched your brother play for the last four years. Talk a little bit about the emotions going on inside your mind um, as we sit here tonight. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm I'm very excited to get the recruiting process over with and like you said 35 hours from now I definitely get locked in and signed with Miami and you know it's just it's like a dream come true you know growing up down here 30 minutes from UM always always being a big Miami fan and then of course watching Brandon play the past four years just always knowing that that's what I wanted to do and that's why I wanted to be a part of it's it's extremely exciting and I I can't wait and um, I'm excited to you know of course sign but get down there for summer one and, and get to work so Hey, hey, Nick, it's Matt. Um, you know, you mentioned Brandon, and I, I, I've wanted to ask you this. You know, first of all, for those of you listening, uh, Nick is one of the best guys you can interview. I mean, he's going to be a fan, he's going to be a media and a fan favorite at Miami. Real well spoken, super nice guy. Um, and I want to ask you just about Brandon. You know, Brandon, you have an insight into what happens at Miami. Um, you and Casey better than probably any other of Miami's commitments or any other of these guys who are going to sign. Can you sort of let fans know? Um, what advice Brandon has given you as an incoming freshman, what to expect, you know, how big the transition is for you guys on the line at the next level? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I remember his freshman year in college, you know, the biggest thing he said was the biggest difference from the, trans- to the transition from high school to college was definitely the speed, you know, guys, you know, running sub-5, you know, um, 40s and stuff, and just, just the, the size, and you're going against grown men. You know, everyone everyone around the ball is just real players. Um you know, I mean, other than that, he said always, you know, be on time, always try and work you at that last rep. I mean, always, always bust your butt for, you know, and work hard, and, you know, so. Yeah, and along those lines, I mean, do you think that it's going to be hard to play right away, make an impact right away? I know it's center, it's sort of a thin position. I mean, have you gotten some tips from him also that will help you maybe make an easier transition to where you can be on the depth chart on the two deep as a true freshman, do you think? I mean that's that's the goal. That's what I'm working. That's what I'm working for right now. You know, we we, uh, we go in the backyard sometimes, and uh, well, when he's home, when he's not training. But um, yeah, we'll go in the backyard and we'll you know we'll work some drills together. And you know, I was down, when he was at Miami, I was down there a couple times working with him and the other guys like you know Shane and John Feliciano. And um, I mean, I mean, I, I know it's going to be very tough, but I mean that's that's my goal and that's what I'm working for to go in there and you know make an impact early. I wish I had a camera in your backyard. I can't imagine what those look like. Who's, who's the defensive tackle and who's the offensive lineman when, you, when you're going at it in the backyard? Or is it offensive lineman versus offensive lineman? How do you do that? Uh, you know, we, we rotate. Like, we'll do different kind of pass sets and just, like, you know, run block and stuff. We'll, you know, he'll do a couple reps and I'll do a couple reps, and then, you know, we'll coach each other up. So. It never gets, never gets too feisty? Uh, not, not really. I mean, I mean, that's probably in our younger age, but now nah, we're we're both mature enough now to just you know <laughs> keep it under control. Hey Nick, what do you think of this um, offensive line class you got coming in? It, it shrunk by one last week when uh, Raleigh Gibbons decided to um, sort of bail out on you guys a little bit here at the end. Uh, not the 
not the most popular move in the world, and uh, go to Stanford. But um, you, you've got yourself, uh, Casey McDermott, who I know you've uh, gotten to be very close with, and Trevor Darling. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, obviously the Miami offensive line is starting to get a little older, and you guys are going to be coming in, and, and you know, really it's going to be important that you guys develop pretty quickly, right? Definitely, you know, and the, like you said, Casey and Trevor, those guys are they're, they're great dudes. You know, I've I've known Casey, I've known Casey, you know, for the past four years. Of course, you know, through Brandon and Shane, our families being close together, and I've known Trev uh, for probably about the past probably about the past two years. You know, I just known about his commitment, and then of course when I committed, we got closer. But I mean, the three of us, we had a great time at the uh, at the Under Armour game in Orlando because they're uh, they were rooming together, and their room was right next to mine. So the three of us, we were always hanging out, and it was just. It was a good time, and like I said, those, those are great dudes. They're going to be good good friends to have, and I'm really excited as having those two guys, you know, to, to play next to. So, What did you learn from that Under Armour game experience? You know, I was up there. I was watching you pretty closely, um, you know, because I was anxious to see how you handled yourself with, with, with that level of competition up there, and uh, there were some pretty good defensive linemen. Um, and, and the one thing that, that did impress me quite a bit was your fight. And, you know, the way that you stayed in there and, and you battled and, 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 you know, you were on a mission to prove that you did belong with these elite players in the country. Talk a little bit about that Under Armour experience for you and, and what you learned about yourself and, and where you stand against some of these top players. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was also a dream come true, you know, to be to be like in that kind of prestigious game. But um yeah, I mean, I, I just I just try and play with a chip on my shoulder. I mean, like you said, I was just trying to I was just trying to prove that I do belong at that level. And um, you know, I thought I, I thought I performed pretty well. And I mean, the guys the guys that I was going against, I mean, like you know, Deshaun Hand and O.J. Smith, and uh, I mean, all those D tackles, uh, Andrew Brown, uh, Jared Willis. Those guys are just, I mean, they're, they're like freshmen in college. You know, I mean, they're 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 just so much bigger and stronger and faster than than the average high school player. So I mean. I mean, it was just a great eye-opener, you know, just to kind of indicate what I'm going to be going against for the next couple of years. So, Hey, Nick, um, it's Matt again. Um, yeah, I wanted to just sort of get your take. I know fans, you know, they, they love this recruiting stuff, but really what recruiting is all about is making the team better, you know, and it seems like this is a big class, a really talented class. And I guess the big question that everyone is, is wondering, and there's no real clear answer, but I want to get your take on it, is just, you know, how long do you see um, – you know, this, this sort of, I guess, so-called reclamation project taking. I mean, do you think this is a program that's a year away from being, you know, legitimate top five, top ten, um, you know, versus being there for one or two weeks like it was this year, um, or maybe a couple of years away? I mean, ha- what's sort of your take on the state of the U, so to speak? Well, I mean, I guess all I could say about that is I'm very confident in this recruiting class that we have coming in here. And, you know, every year that Coach Golden's been here, we've we've gotten better as a team, you know, progressive with our uh, win win losses and, I just, I just see, I just see the U on our eyes, and I just see us every year getting better. And I know for the next four, four to five years or whatever with this class that you know we got a special group of guys that are more than willing to get it done. Hey Nick, before we let you go, um, talk a little bit about St. Thomas um, Aquinas. Uh, you know they are. <laughs> you talk about. You know, I don't know if we should. If, you, if, if, if is it legal to recruit in high school now? So I don't. I don't know if I should. If I should call it recruiting, but um, my God, you got you talk about an influx of talent um, uh, going to a school. They're going to have quite a football team next fall, and obviously, there's going to be a lot of guys there that Miami's going to be recruiting. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we we had a very talented team last year, but I tell you what, the team next year coming back, all those all the juniors and the up and coming, you know, sophomores and juniors that are up and coming, those guys are there's some real ball players with Deltron Sands, Devontae P, um, you know, Jake Rizzo, I mean, James Wolfon. I mean if if you look all around the ball, um, Nick Bosa, we got we got a couple of university school transfers, Jordan Scarlett, Brian Boyce, um, I mean all around the ball, whereas there's a lot of young guys stepping up and I mean of course, now being an a, a STA alum in a couple months, I'm, I'm going to be real excited to watch those guys play and, um, yeah, just try and, try and grind and get another state championship. So. And then, obviously, you'll, you'll be helping out recruit a bunch of them uh, for the coaching staff next year, I would think, correct? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. No doubt. All right, Nick. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show tonight. Um, you know, we share your excitement. Um, can only imagine how it feels for you to have grown up and watched Miami and, and been so close to your brother the last few years and seen him go through his hurricane career and now get to follow in his footsteps. So, um, you know, we congratulate you and um, look forward to watching you sign on Wednesday. All right. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Nick. All right, Nick. Thank you. That was Nick Linder, the offensive lineman from St. Thomas Aquinas, probably projects as a center at Miami, um, almost definitely, and uh, really nice kid, as you see, uh, real intelligent, and uh, very much in the mold of his brother Brandon. Uh, It'll be interesting to follow his career as a hurricane. All right, let's go back out to the phones now, and let's go to the 770, where you're now live on a fast-moving Kane Sport Live. Hey, Ken, how you doing, man? Royal. Hey, what's up, Royal? How you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. Uh, just a couple of questions on my hang-up. Well, I'm going to put me on hold uh, and listen. Uh, trying to figure out uh, what's the what's the real deal with uh, what happened with Brandon Powell. And um, that was kind of sketchy. Everything that went down with him and uh, during the dead period. And um, I had to ask you something else. So I forgot about that one. But yeah, basically, um. Uh, what happened with Brandon Powell, the real deal? Give me the real deal. Well, I mean, obviously he always liked Florida, and they just weren't, hadn't offered him, so they weren't an option for him. And then when they came in, they, you know, they changed coordinators, and they came in at the last minute and offered him, and he had to make a snap decision, and there really wasn't a lot of time for anybody to try to counter it. It was just like, you know, he, he was like, I, Man, I guess what about how can they offer? How can they offer him during the dead period? And what's this I was reading on the board about? Something about uh, checking in the dorms or something, and we wouldn't let him in or something like that. I don't think well, there's any truth to that. I mean, Matt, you—we never had any tangible evidence that he, he ever went down to Miami to try to check into any dorms or anything. I mean, he was getting ready to. Because he was a, he was an early ro- enrollee. Yeah, he was getting ready to go down to Miami and go to school, and Florida came in a day or two before. Um, and uh, somehow that offer was communicated. I don't remember the, the exact exactly. details of it. Exactly. To be, to be honest with you. Wow. And, and before you you knew it, he had switched. Yeah. Yeah. He I mean, I can, I, to for like three months. Oh man, I tell you. I mean, I, I yeah, can weigh in that I can weigh in that I know that he was concerned about um, getting into Miami. You know, for sure, because I remember him telling me. That he had, he actually on his own had reached out to a few programs, you know, in December to see if they would still take him if there was a problem with Miami. Now Miami was going to let him in and get him in, 
But in the course of him reaching out, he found a place that I guess he felt was a better fit for whatever reason. You know, he never he never spoke to us once he switched. I don't know why. I can't I can't imagine what his reason was for not talking to us. After <laughs> right. he switched to Florida. But um, you know, I can only speculate why. But uh, he they they convinced him one way or another. I mean, you use your imagination. You know, I don't know. Right. Oh, uh, and another question. As a fan, just like I said, reading the board every day, been following recruiting forever, man. It seems like our admissions department is a guesser. <laughs> well, what is up with Miami's admissions with the JUCO kids? And it's it's embarrassing, man. What, what is, what's up with them? That that is. I'm, let me. I'm telling you. I hear we hear this every year, and I'm going to be flat out honest with you guys. There there are not issues with Miami admissions. Okay, there really are not. Um, you know, number one, what I'll say is that whenever they've needed to get kids into school, they, they've always, for the most part, been able to do it. I mean, some kids are just just way too out there and are, are not going to be able to hack it no matter what. And, right. you know, yeah, occasionally you'll get a kid that doesn't get in. But typically, if a kid can pass the test at the clear, through the clearinghouse, they're, they're going to get them into school at, at Miami. And I think that's a bad rap that the Miami administration and the admissions office uh, takes. I, I don't think that Miami admissions is an issue in recruiting pretty much at all. Oh, okay. I mean, I just say this thing like the Juco kids and like, like the white kid, okay? You mean they That's tell not me Miami. you guys didn't know? Well, no, it's not, not Miami, but I'm saying, but it's Miami from the standpoint of you didn't know that you needed the Juco has to be in school three semesters instead of two. You guys didn't They knew that, but they it was such a strong case on appeal that they never imagined that the ACC would turn the kid down. I mean, he is, is um, he had family health problems that he had to tend to, and that's why he transferred junior colleges. And you know, they didn't think that the ACC was going to turn him down. Okay, I'm just asking a question. I mean, and and they're still appealing. Me, so, you know. They're appealing the appeal, and you notice that uh, Michael Weiss recommitted to Miami. So it looks like he's going to be a Miami Hurricane <laughs> regardless. Well, we'll see. Right. You know, there's a lot of hype you know, and a lot of expectations that he's going to be an immediate answer at defensive tackle. Um, you know, I try not to get too carried away with these, with, the, with these types of things. I mean, you know, let's just see what happens. Right. Okay, you put me back on hold. I'll listen. Y'all have a good evening. All right, Royal, good talking to you again tonight. All right, let's go out now to the 985, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, Swagger for Life here. How are you doing from the board? Hey, what's up, Swagger? Uh, what you got? Uh, a couple of things over here in Louisiana. I just kind of wanted to give Kane Nation an update to the Trevante Valentine saga that continues. Uh, I mean, according to the boards, uh, the insiders over here from Tigerland about an hour and a half ago, they're about 70-30 that he's not going to LSU. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff on the boards about it being a done deal and about it. I know, Matt, I know you, you reported about it getting back to 50-50 earlier, but this is definitely not a done deal. So I just think everybody ought to calm down about Trevante and give him a couple of days. I know he's a huge part of the class, and this would be kind of a cornerstone for us. So just I guess I just wanted to speak my piece on that. Yeah, I mean, if I, if, I can, if, I, if I can weigh in on it, I mean, the, the funny thing with Cervante is it seems like nobody thinks he's going to their program because, and the, the reason for this, and I don't know who's leaking what or what's coming out where, 
Trevante is is not like your your typical kid when you talk to him. He's not a rah rah. Oh my God, this is the greatest place ever. You know, he's not like Chad Thomas who's going to sit down and play a piano with you. You know, this is a kid who's who's you know he's he's just a different kind of personality. And he, I, I think when he talks to coaches, they don't get the sense that he loves the program wherever he is. You know what I'm saying? There there was um, it's a, a kid who comes to mind who probably. Two percent of you remember is Ian Simonette, who when he came to Miami, everyone said, "Oh my God, he hated it here. He was miserable. He sat by himself in a right. corner at dinner. You know, there's no way this kid's coming to Miami." And right. of course, people probably don't remember he came to Miami anymore, but he did come to Miami. And this kid's a little bit like that. He's a quiet kid. He's not that personable when he doesn't really know you real well, and he, right. he gives coaches the impression he's not coming. And that's why LSU maybe some of their people think he's not coming. That's why maybe maybe at Miami they think he's not coming. But guess what? He's going to one of them. So that's why I think fifty-fifty is a fair way to put it right now. But I mean, who knows? I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess yeah. I guess that'll that'll come down come come Wednesday. Um, I wanted to ask about Trayon Harris too, Gary. I want to direct this to you. Um, there was a thread on the board that actually I think you started about the whole, and this kind of doesn't have to do with recruiting, but maybe some rumblings about Ice Harris uh, getting uh, back on the staff at Miami. I just wanted to ask if there was any validity to that. Well, we don't know. Uh, you know, there, there's an assistant football ops job open, and um, we've heard some scuttlebutt that Al Golden has reached out to Tim Harris to see if he'd be interested in coming back in a similar role that he had on the Randy Shannon staff, where he was sort of um, um, an intermediary, go-between, whatever you want to call it, with the local high school coaches. And um, Look, it, it's no secret. Miami needs to do better. Than, than what it's been doing locally and and recruiting shouldn't be as big of a battle a, as it is at times and um coach golden's got to be in tune to that you know and uh he, he knows backing up all this talent in the three five nine five four five six one is going to be the key to his success or failure at miami uh going forward here and um it would probably help him to have a guy like tim harris back on his staff that can maybe bridge some of those gaps and, and, and maybe make things a little bit easier. So it would not surprise us at all if that happened. However, we, um, we spoke to Tim Harris about that today, and um, he neither confirmed or denied it. He, you know, he did acknowledge that he's, been, he's heard the rumors and, and things like that, but um, if it is happening, they're not ready to talk about it publicly at this point, and uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, and the newest the newest rumors right now the newest rumors right now on Kane's board that he might even go to Arkansas. So I, we haven't yeah, checked yeah. any of this stuff out yet, but who knows? You know, he's buddies buddies with Randy Shannon, so yeah. that that would be possible, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Well, I mean, that would make sense if if, if that would happen. I, I just got one more thing for you guys, and then y'all can put me back on hold. Um, just uh, curious to know if you guys think that that losing some of the guys like the Ermine Lanes, the Sony Michels, the Kyrie Clarks. How much do you guys think that that is actually a byproduct of the kind of the NCAA hangover versus the staff not doing their due diligence? Because the story I saw in the Herald that I that I read about, it, you know, it, it basically all of the the high school coaches in the area or endorsing Golden and the staff for doing doing what they need to do, getting out there. And I, you know, I know we've had a lot of battles, and it's probably due. I mean, nowadays it's all about winning. But I was just wondering if you guys thought that might some of that might be due to the hangover from the NCAA uh, investigation. And y'all can put me back on hold. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. I, I don't think there's 
any issues with the NCAA, and, and, and I don't think it's, it has anything, has anything to do with a hangover from that. You know, I, I think it's time to let that one go, in, in all honesty. Okay. Um, my personal opinion is that there's a lot of things. I think that um, it's, it's, there's no one answer to that. I, I think that there's something that maybe as they sit there and, and take a step back and evaluate recruiting after signing day, that they might be able to do differently in the next cycle and the one beyond. And, and I think they have to be very introspective um, about that. I, I think that there's a lot of elements in South Florida right now that interfere with recruiting um, that uh, are problematic uh, for my, for Miami at times. Um, I think that some of the high school coaches tend to complain a little bit too much. I mean, Matt will tell you, we go out to these practices and camps and things like that. And, and, you know, it's like a glorified, you know, bitch session, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, coaches love to complain and, you know, it's just it's a combination of everything to be to, to be honest with you, and I, and I think the answer at the end of the day is like it is always, and, and that's winning because when you win, winning. everybody yeah. loves everything you do. You, right. Matt, you you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I'll just add that you know when you, when you read these stories, even in cane sport, when you're quoting a coach and they're on the record, you could ask about any program around the country. Coaches in high schools are not, are, are pretty loath to complain about how a college program is treating them because that college program is going to stop recruiting their players. And the, right. these coaches are all about, let's get our players recruited. So don't read too much into, oh, you know, rah-rah, Florida State coaches are kicking butt and date, or oh, rah-rah, you know, even no, no, Golden no, staff are here all the time. This is what the coaches yeah. do. It's just, how they are. it's just how they are because they have to be that way. So don't yeah. read too much I, into I, it, but, yeah. I, I'm sorry, Matt. I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, there's even a trend here, you know, some of the New Orleans schools. I mean, with the upper-tier kids, for whatever reason, nationally, there seems to be a trend of getting out of town. It's not just Miami. I mean, I, I see we see it here too uh, with some of the some of the guys that, that there's a lot of screaming about Bama and whatnot here. But but yeah, I mean, I I understand what you guys are saying. Winning cures all. At the end of the day, winning cures all. I agree. Look with that. at what That's these exactly kids right. are going through, though. Think about think about what is happening in this whole dynamic right now with an angry fan base and 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 all oh, yeah. all the debate around town is the defensive coordinator good enough or not good enough what's up with the scheme um why aren't they winning haven't been to a major bowl game in in, in 10 years you know i mean if, if you're recruiting against miami right now you know it's it's not like you don't you're, you don't have anything to say to these kids you know and and they're surrounded by this noise all day long and let me tell you something it takes a lot of courage if it works out this way to be a five-star kid like chad thomas and listen to all this, and and go to Alabama and 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 spend two yeah. days up there, and and listen about their success and three national titles and and all the great things that they're doing in their program, and then stand up and and poke your chest out and say I'm going to be a Miami Hurricane regardless of what you're saying to me. I mean, it takes a lot of courage. I mean, that kid is a real mature kid. I don't know if you were listening to the show earlier when he was on oh, with us. Oh, yeah, absolutely, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's a absolutely. mature young man, and he might have that internal fortitude on Wednesday to stand up there um, and, and put his Miami Hurricane sweater on that he's wearing tonight as, as he talks to his dad about what he should do and say, I'm going to be a Miami Hurricane. But you know this what? Some kids don't. And, you know, you see kids that are weaker, like a Nigel Patton, um, who bailed out and is going to Texas Tech? Um, Ermin Lane down in Homestead, and you know, go up a little further. Right. Johnny Dixon, Travis Rudolph. You know, these right. kids bailed on Miami, and you know, there's a lot of noise right now. And the only way you get rid of it 
is to win. Right. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Hey, uh, thanks, you guys. Gary, real quick, did you give that guy a bonus yesterday that went out for the 7-on-7 for Ridley and Burgess Becker? Oh, my God, man. He stood there. Uh, um, you know, wow. Matt, Matt and I were, were were busy grinding on other things, and we sent David Fronis out there. He, Man, he stood there from 1130 in the morning until 4 o'clock at North Miami Stadium waiting for those two knuckleheads to come over and, and oh, make their man. announcement on oh. where they're supposedly committing to go to college. And, they, and oh. there were other media people out there, too, obviously, and they just stiffed of everybody. You know, oh, and it, it's, it, it's like I don't, I'm not going to get too critical here because, right, you know, obviously right. they're going to continue to yeah. be recruited and they're, they're kids that are high school juniors who, um, you know, obviously still have some growing up to do and stuff. And those of you listening that are parents certainly understand, you know, what it's like to watch right. your six and 17-year-olds make immature bad decisions. But that was a pretty right. bad decision, and it really was not – it really wasn't cool, to be honest with you. So, yeah, he got a bonus. Uh, <laughs> good deal. Hopefully he gets a steak dinner. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You can put me back on hold. All right, man. Thank, thank, thank you for joining us tonight. We'll uh, put you on hold. Let's go out now to the um, the 954, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing with us tonight? Hey, hi, guys. How are you tonight? That's you. You're on the air. How are you? Good, good. Uh, a couple of questions I wanted to uh, do a topic on. The offensive lineman who decommitted, I was kind of that was kind of a shocker that he would uh, decommit out of the blue like that. And then to say that Stanford had a better edu- was it a better education than Miami is kind of doesn't really make any sense because Miami's education phenomenal. I don't see what Stanford's education is that much better than Miami's. That was kind of a, let, a stupid move to even bring that up. I'll give you. Let me give you some quick insight on that one. Um, that kid, even way back six months ago, I guess at least when he committed to Miami. Um, was shopping himself around to other schools, and he tried. He called his dad, um, was pushing him, and they called every school in the SEC and got rejected. Um, they called Notre Dame, got rejected, and I'm totally convinced that that kid committed to the University of Miami just to cover his butt and make sure that he had himself a scholarship. And you know, I don't think he ever stopped shopping himself. And then when Stanford came in and offered him the opportunity to go there. He jumped at it. So, you know, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't surprised at all by the fact that he went somewhere else because he was always looking to go somewhere else. I don't think he ever was really a Miami Hurricane. Um, but the thing that was definitely surprising is how late in the game it happened. Absolutely. Because, I mean, if I was if I was University of Miami and if I knew he was shopping, I would just yank the scholarship. Hey, look, if you're not going to commit here, get out of here and we'll, wait, we'll get somebody else. It makes no sense to own a scholarship if someone's not really wanting to come to the – to the school and commit and wants to play BS, get rid of them. They may not have realized it, you know. They yeah, may not have realized it. But, but, you know, we've got, we've got um, people at every school in the country that we, that we know and talk to and, you know, sources, other guys on the Rivals Network that have sites, coaches that are at other schools and things like that. And, you know, we heard several stories over the six, seven-month period that he was committed to Miami of, of his dad um, shopping around at other schools to see if they were in, would be interested in his son. So from that regard, yeah. I wasn't the least bit surprised. That's been a little crazy. What about the Uncle uh, Luke saga that with him always yapping at the mouth? Uh, do you think that's causing a lot of problems with Dade County recruits coming to Miami with him constantly saying you know, this and that about Miami? And it's, I think it's causing a lot of problems with them getting recruits over there with him always talking a lot of uh, nonsense. Who are you talking about? Uncle Luke. Uncle Luke, you know, 
he doesn't help. Uh, he Absolutely. definitely doesn't help. You know, I mean that that column that he wrote in New Times about a month ago, you know, was really a cheap shot. You know, I thought, and um, you know, but you can't mistake the fact that he has a big voice um, in the Miami inner city and, and, and community. And, um, you know, so, but is he really impacting recruiting? I don't think so. Okay. Last question is with this Drew Harris character that they've been looking at and the Featherstone guy that came down from uh, FSU, what do you think our shots are with getting those two guys in? I can hang up and you can give me some insight on that. Matt, why don't you go ahead and take that one? All right, well, we talked about Featherston a little bit. The kid doesn't really talk publicly at all. Um, very hard to get information on what he is thinking. I mean, nothing that I've heard makes me think Miami's completely out of it. So we'll be monitoring him and trying to get a hold of people close to him continuously, but we haven't had any luck. So pure guessing game right now on that. I don't, think you, you know, I don't even think the FSU people know what's going on with that right now, um, other than maybe the coaches. Um, and then actually the other one, Drew Harris, he wants to be a hurricane. The issue with him is um, he tore a, he very highly recruited in high school, tore an ACL late in his high school career, wound up a backup um, the last two years at two different schools, uh, really hasn't carried a lot the last two years, so not that much film on him the last two years. And he has, doesn't have any offers, you know. So um, why doesn't he have any offers? You know, I, I guess coaches aren't sold on maybe his ability right now. You know, if, I think he's a former four-star, now a three-star rated kid. It's certainly worth taking a shot at, I would think, um, as an older kid for a program like Miami. Uh, Miami Hurricanes have spoken to him. Um, if he says if Miami offers him a scholarship, he will commit on the spot and be part of this class. There is no rush. Since he has no other offers and doesn't plan on signing you know, anywhere on signing day unless Miami offers him. So, I mean, Miami can take him as a late signee after, the, after this whole thing plays out and they decide what to do. You know? So, can he be part of the class? Sure. All right, anything else tonight? Oh, I guess he hung up. All right, um, let's go out now to the um, the nine three one, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hi, um, hi Gary. I met um, is Durante Nixon. Uh, I'm the twin brother of Dante Nixon from eight four three, who called earlier. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm over here at Fort Campbell. Uh, oh, a diehard Miami fan, always been a Miami fan. But I'm calling, and he's more worried about offense. I'm more worried about not worried, but I'm more focused in on the defense and personnel. I love, I love uh, who we got, who we got coming in. I love, I love everything about it. Whether we get Valentine or not, really doesn't matter to me. But because <laughs> I really love who we got and the personnel we got. However, my uh, question for tonight is: uh, I heard you say something earlier about some guys moving around, and my question is because I would like to see. Chicklow be used in the effective where he really belongs, and that's interior. Like make him keep making him bulk up and put him inside, because oh. we all see in this season he can easily get reached, and and, and just pretty much get blocked on the edge. And my question is, as far as the middle middle linebacker spot is, how can we move Armbrister just inside just to add more depth to that middle linebacker spot and have I don't know somebody else like Jawan Blue or move Alshon. I mean Alquadee Muhammad back in the outside linebacker spot just to have more depth in that middle linebacker spot. I don't think they have a middle linebacker to be honest with you. I, I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't think they do unless one of these freshmen 
can develop into that guy. Uh, you know, I just it's a really really tough tough spot that they're in at that position. Well, do you see us like at least changing the scheme to like a three four hybrid? Because the the personnel we have is is almost almost perfect when you look at guys like Kamalu who are big, long arms, and, and can run to the sideline. Guys like him and Perry, who who who, who really fit that 3-4 hybrid and allow guys like McCord and Muhammad to come off the edge. Yeah, you, guys, you know, you obviously. Do you see moving to that? Well, I mean, they've been trying to move more and more towards that. I, you know, I, I think, um, you know, what they've been doing the last couple of years, everybody makes a big deal about this 4-3-3-4. The truth of the matter is they've been playing both. And, um, yeah, like a hybrid, yeah. So, you know, the, they got to try something different. You know, there's no question about it. And, and what that's going to be, we don't really know yet. Um, but what they've been doing has not been working real well. And um, I don't see the personnel this year changing that drastically. I mean, a lot of good young players coming in, but you can't count on true freshmen to make a difference for you in football. Exactly. You know, you know yeah, I mean, this isn't basketball. So um, exactly, <laughs> I told you know, so. I, <laughs> I have this conversation with my twin brother all the time because he's telling me, "Oh yeah, Chad, Tom's go break the line," and I, but they gotta understand That's, these are grown know, men that they're gonna be yeah. that they're gonna be going against. You know what I mean? And so I mean, Chad's gonna I, probably I play to this year out of need, but he's skinny, man. I mean, he to me, he, he needs a red. I I would love to see him get a red shirt year. I just don't think yes. he'll do it. Uh, oh yeah. man. I, I, I mean, it's I said, like, look, I'm, this is one of the problems this program has. Uh, Let's let, take Tyreek McCord, for example. I mean, he's just yes. now starting to be a, a contributor. He's going to be a junior already next year. <laughs> well, true. I mean, that's, everybody, everybody's seen him as a, 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 a bona fide edge rusher. It's just that we never had the personnel as far as, like, and I hate to keep saying schemes because I don't want to get I don't want to get on Coach D. I really don't. I don't like him, but I really don't want to add him, be a bandwagoner, and be negative right now. However, he never had the opportunity in the scheme to really show his talent. Correct. Because we had guys he, like Shayon Green and Chicolo on the field has, that cannot run. Has not come even close to having a full deck yet on that side of the ball. But um, I know they're hoping that this recruiting class goes a long way towards uh, changing that and, and, and fixing that. Um so, you know, thank you so much for calling us tonight. Um, we're going to shift gears now, and we're going to bring on another special guest, um, a guy who is a very intriguing prospect in this class because of all the different things that he can do and um, will be competing um, in not too many months down the road for that Miami starting quarterback job with um, Brad Kaya and, and, and Kevin Olson, and um, that's Malik Rozier. And Malik, welcome to our show tonight. Thanks for having me on it. Um, you got to be excited, man. You're—I mean, all these months, and you've been committed to Miami for so long. But you're sitting here now, and you're—you're you're 36 hours, or actually a little less than that now, um, from signing your national letter of intent. Uh, talk a little bit about the excitement for you, and um, after visiting Miami a, a couple weeks ago on your official, um, your feelings about Miami and 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 the excitement level of getting ready to become a Hurricane. Uh, yeah, one thing one one thing I I uh, really love about Miami is just like the city and the people and uh, the love they showed me. Like even when I went around and and the guys were showing me around, I was with uh, Cornelius and I was with Stacy Coley, and I was with uh, a couple of 
of the freshmen, and, and we bonded real well. And that's one thing I've noticed about this team, even from the first day, from just my official visit, that the guys seem to accept everybody that comes in, and they accept you as family. They, I met these guys a couple couple hours, a couple days, and they were already calling me family. Like they were, they were really embracing me. That's one thing I loved about coming down to Miami. It was a different feel, and I feel like these guys are going to be like my my new family. Hey, Malik, uh, I wanted to ask you just, uh, I know you talked about this a little bit, it's Matt, by the way. Um, the way that, that, that I guess they, they want to use you in this offense is maybe a little bit different than what Hurricane fans have seen, and I know you've, you've sat down with, with Coach Coley and he's sort of gone over with you, but what makes you excited about what you can do in the offense and what different things they want to use you in, like what sort of packages they want to develop for you? Can you, can you talk a little about that without giving away too many uh, trade secrets? Yeah, uh, I think one thing they want to do with me a lot it's kind of what we did in my offense last year with a lot of zone reads, a lot of uh, off-the-edge running, different stuff like that, a lot of uh, different types of spread packages with me. That That's more of like a, just a quick game, any type of like double read, something like that, that'll be that'll be in out. And it's, it's obviously something different than what Miami's done. And from what I think you've said, this could even be something where on certain third downs in games as a freshman where, you know, let's say Ryan Williams or whoever might be the starter since he's the veteran coming back, you, if you're not the starter, you still might come in in those situations to convert a third and one or a third and two and, and do that sort of stuff. I mean, is that, is that something that he, he – I think I remember you telling me that. That's something they talked with you about, correct? Yeah, that was something that he really talked to me about. Something because that's what that, that's I'm really good at, and that's what we did a lot this year. Like, a lot of times we'd have a zone read and a pass concept. And so I'm, I'm really natural, really used to reading in, reading outside linebackers, seeing what they're doing, and getting a feel for the game. And, I think that's something that that actually help us out because that puts an extra runner on the field that I help uh, that I help complement with Duke Johnson. And I, that's something that keeps the defense on their heels, even if it's just a quick third down, third and two. Uh, let Duke lead through the hole and let me follow behind for an easy two yards, and then let Ryan Williams or whoever's starting come back in. That'll be something that I'd love to do to help the team out. You must have been in heaven yesterday watching that Super Bowl. I mean, you must look at Russell Wilson and kind of look at yourself and say, "Man, I hope I can be that kind of guy in a few years." Yeah, uh, that was that was a great game. I loved it. I loved the way they uh, they did certain plays and, and, and they had certain schemes set up for the Broncos. And it was it was actually kind of funny because uh, I come to school today and everybody like good game last night, Russell, because everybody compares me to him. And I was just laughing. And I don't know. I, I had a really good time watching that game, even though the Broncos really come to school was kind of disappointing me. But I mean, Seattle and Russell. That I love Russell. Wilson. He he's always been that underdog kind of like me. And he's always had to fight and battle his way through. And, and now, look, if he's on top, he won his first Super Bowl. And that's, that's just amazing to me. Well, you know, if, if you look at it, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you're at this stage of your career, you're not where Russell Wilson is. But, you know, if you pop on your high school tape and, and watch Malik Rozier play high school football, and then you, 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 you watch, you know, Russell Wilson come up through college and now in the NFL with, with Seattle, there really are a lot of similarities in your games and, and how you uh, attack the game of football. I mean, he's a real smart guy, completes a high percentage of his passes. Um, I know from talking to your high school coach, um, one of your great assets is football smarts and a, a high football IQ. You understand the game real well. And then you bring that added dimension of athleticism and being able to uh, elude rushers and make plays with your feet. So, I mean, it, it's really not a coincidence that people do – in your school compare you to him because your games are very similar. Yeah, and that was that was one thing like I think the first person to ever tell me that was uh actually coach Coach Coley. Coach Coley told me 
And then a week later, Coach Doug Nesmeyer told me the same exact thing. And so after that, I really, after everybody was like, do you look and play like Russell Wilson? I was like, I guess so. And then I started watching his games, and I was like, man, I see myself. And then after that, I really started like trying to, trying to do some of the stuff that he does. And, 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 and I sometimes even try to get those little like special packages to where you can actually like get inside the quarterback's helmet and listen to that. And, and, and I've been trying to do stuff like that. And I, and I've even tried to contact him on Twitter to see if he can give me any advice. Because, I mean, if everybody says I play like him, then why not get contact with him? And Has he answered you? He does actually help him uh, prepare for the uh, Sunday games. Does he answer you when you when you text him or tweet him, rather? Yeah, I've, I've actually tried a couple times. And he, does hey, he ever respond? No, he hasn't responded. probably millions of people tweeting him. But, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get him to tweet me back or something. Well, you know, um, his head coach, um, his son is Brandon Carroll, who's Miami's receivers coach. So, you know, maybe once you're a hurricane, uh, Coach Carroll can help connect the two of you. Yeah, that's what I'm really hoping because that's what me and Coach Carroll talked about that. And uh, he said that's kind of where they get their style of offense. And uh, that was that was actually really intriguing. And me and, me and him still make jokes about that. He'd be like, it's kind of kind of weird how, how I got family with the Seahawks. Now I got a baby Russell Wilson as, as my future quarterback. So that's one thing he picks at me about. But, yeah, that'll that'll actually be amazing to finally meet Russell Wilson. And just to know that the guy that I play like, I can actually meet him personally and, and see how I can have a one-on-one conversation and talk about football and everything that he's been through. Emily, switching gears a little bit. I don't know if fans um, realize this, but you're you're a heck of a baseball player. And I think, is are you definitely going to play two sports at Miami? Have you decided yet? Yeah, I'm definitely playing two sports. Uh, I've already talked to the head baseball coach a couple of times about it, and he's down for it. I've talked to Coach Golden, and he's confirmed that he's going to let me play. We've already figured out when I'm going to be a football, when I'm going to be a baseball, so everything's set forward for me to play two sports in Miami. Okay, great. Um, now, I, I think you're in the midst of – you're already in – you're starting baseball season now, correct? Yes, yeah, so we actually have our first scrimmage game this Saturday, so we are, we already kick it off already. Okay, and you're playing – you're going to play catcher at Miami or a different spot? Uh, I'm playing in the outfield. I'm playing in the outfield for my high school team, and, okay. and the way the way they look at me is I'm so fast that you really can't you, you really can't use my speed behind the plate, but you can use in the outfield. So that's why I'm a transfer to the outfield. Okay, I had you down as a catcher previously. So you have you played catcher before, but now you're playing outfield, correct? Yeah, my last my last previous three years, I, I caught in the mission that moved me to the outfield. Okay, and then I want to ask you about a quote from from your coach Rusty Mason, and um, you know he, he basically was talking to me, and he said, you know, you've got an NFL arm. He said he's, you're the smartest. You're the smartest kid he's seen in his 18 years of coaching. I mean, really, really great stuff from him. But something he said that that stuck out to me was, I mean, you know, I look at you. You're not like you know the biggest guy in the world. But he said you could throw the ball 70 yards downfield. Now, is that an exaggeration, or can you really throw the ball 70 yards downfield? <laughs> I can really throw the ball 70 yards downfield. Uh, David Morris, who's worked with Adrian McCarron, he's worked with Tim Tebow, he's worked with all uh, Mark Sanchez a couple times. He, he works with a lot of quarterbacks. Me and him both marked it off at 70 yards. Wow. Okay, I'm impressed. I, I only throw it, by the way, I only throw it 50 yards less than you, so I'm close. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> well, what was kind of cool, and uh, Coach, me and Coach Coach talked about it a little bit, he said he thinks that I'll probably have one of the strongest, if, if not the strongest arm when I come on the team. So that's, that's, that's a big bonus for me. Well, um, you know, that's going to be exciting to see, and um, obviously an exciting time for you as well, getting ready to sign your letter of intent on Wednesday, and uh, we congratulate you. Look forward to uh, seeing you in action once you arrive in Coral Gables uh, this summer. And uh, just congratulations, and thank you for joining us tonight on Kane Sport Live. Thank you, dude. I, I, I appreciate you all for having me on. All right, Malik. That's um, Malik Rozier.
part of the quarterback class of 2014, coming in um, with Brad Kaya out of California and um, possibly even Treon Harris from Miami Booker T. And uh, it'll be uh, quite a competition. And the, the thing that I think is really interesting about this uh, quarterback situation is in Kaya and Rozier, you have two guys with two distinct styles. And it's going to be interesting to see, A, what kind of offense James Coley crafts around their talents, um, who emerges as the better guy um, and, and, and the number one um, starter in the equation. And uh, don't rule out Kevin Olsen either, but um, I personally have a hunch that in, in 2015 that you're going to see either Kaya or Rozier quarterbacking the Miami Hurricanes. Um, anyway, let's go back out to the phones now, and let's go to the 773, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. All right. Hello. Are you there? That's you. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I only had a couple things I wanted to say. Um, uh, one thing, I, I'm not really uh, – I'm familiar with Valentine, but to be honest with you, if he doesn't come into the class, I really don't care about that. Um, I've studied tape, and since, I, you know, since I've actually played, you know, college and, you know, high school ball, I've studied the tape of, um, of Hurtaloo and of Weiss. And to be honest with you, I think Weiss is a perfect fit for the kind of scheme that uh, D'Onofrio is running down there. And I think it's, it's, he's probably the guy that we've probably been missing in the middle. The only thing is we'll probably only have him for two years. The second thing, uh, I agree with you on uh, um, the linebacker deal in terms of us not having a middle linebacker, but I'm more worried about guys that commit to the U. I'm not so much worried about guys who don't want to come. So, for me, it's more about guys that we get as opposed to guys that we don't have. Um, next thing I wanted to um, touch on was the defensive backfield. I mean, nobody's really talking about these guys, but Tracy Howard, um, you know, um, Bush, he was hurt last year. I think he'll be a lot better this year. You still got um, the sophomore kid. I can't think of his name. Uh, what's his name? Uh, sophomore kid. Uh, help me out here a little bit. Artie Burns? Yeah, Artie Burns. I, I, I forgot Artie Burns. And, um, I mean, so the secondary to me, I think, we'll be able to, I think we'll be able to do a lot more at the line of scrimmage this year as opposed to, you know, the year, the year following. So the next question I had would be, what do you think the chances – um, what do you think? The, what do you think the chances are that we sign another offensive lineman in this class? Not good at all. I mean, you know, there's not, there's not another offensive lineman they're recruiting right now. You know, they they were counting on four. Okay, right. um, they got you know, sort of sort of shocked by Riley Gibbons, and um, we certainly don't know of anybody that's out there that they've had you know on hold or or anything along those lines. So you know, I think that you're going to see it be these three guys. They might be looking in the well, aftermarket, though. You know, they might be okay. active in the aftermarket looking for an O-lineman. Right. Now, let, let me ask your opinion. Um, what, what do you think of uh, the two Juco defensive tackles that they brought in? I mean, I, I've kind of studied tape on them. Um, and I know, you know, I mean, and you really have to really pay attention. Um, I think they both need some coaching, but I really do believe they'll be an upgrade to the position. Um, Matt, why don't you go ahead and take that one first? Yeah, I mean, I- the truth is I don't like getting into evaluations because I think even the people who, you know, are the so-called, you know, recruiting people, even the people who give stars, you know, I mean, really it's the coaches that look for the type of kid that fit into their, that fit into their particular system and what they want to get done. Um, now, I know from talking to people who should know what they're talking about, not from my personal opinion, that Weish is supposed to be just a complete monster. I mean, the guy is 
just such a physical specimen. He's the kind of guy that will get into the into the opponent's you know offensive backfield versus. That's what I see too. That's why I was um, asking. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, he's the one that I've really heard a lot about. You know, heard a little not as much. I haven't heard as much about him. But I mean, for Miami to take the kid, you know, I'm sure that they're they're very impressed with him too. Um, but Weish is one that I've heard the most buzz about out of the two JUCO kids you asked about. And I'll second and, and that. Last... I, I totally agree with what Matt just said. Um, Weish is the one with all the hype. Um, it, it's quite obvious that the coaches consider him uh, an incredibly important part of this class. When he decommitted, uh, full court press immediately began to get him back <laughs> in the fold, right. and, and and they were able to do so within a, a, a day or two. Um, you know, they're counting on Michael Weish to be a starter on next year's football team. I feel pretty sure about that. Right. And the last thing I'll add, and this is just, you know, and I'll add this and I'll go. Um, the, the one thing, you know, and like you said earlier about people being critical of the program or whatnot, and, and I'm a diehard Kane fan, but I really truly believe that you got to give guys time. And to be honest with you, even if, the, even if uh, they're not great on defense, I still think that they'll make – you know, some strides makes you defensively. I think that they'll get better, and I think that they'll improve. But I think a lot of people are kind of critical, and re- recruits read these message boards, man. I mean, you you would think if if you know a recruit is reading the message board, I mean, who wants to kind of come into a, a situation where a fan base is, is is totally, you know, down in the coaches? Now, I'm not saying that the coaches are always – I'm sorry, go ahead. Let, let me tell you, to me that is so over-exaggerated. You go on any website in the country, in, in, in the Rivals Network, and you know that's what sports fans do. I mean, Yeah, that's true. We're, we're emotionally invested in our teams. We live and die by every single development. Um, and, when things, <laughs> right. and when things go wrong, we, we criticize. And usually that criticism evolves into firing. And why do you think they fire coaches at every city in the country in the NFL? Yeah, I know. Yeah, website. I mean, <laughs> because that's what the fans want. If they want to see people get fired, I mean, if that's what creates hope and sells tickets. And um, heck, Rob Chajinsky lasted one year in Cleveland as a head coach. Right. You know why they hire him in the why they hire him in the first place? You know, so you know, I think that's over exaggerated. That's what we do as sports fans. It's part of the deal. And I, I think people get way too carried away in their fear that it's impacting recruiting. What's impacting recruiting way more is all the noise that comes with um, all these coaches coming into town and, and all the different things that they feed these players and the negative recruiting yeah. and things like that. And when the negative recruiting has some muscle behind it, that's when you really have a problem. And that's why at the end of the day, you've got to win. I agree. I love the class, though, just to say so. I mean, I think it has a lot of depth. Maybe not, you know, in some cases all the stars everybody wants, but I think in a couple of years down the line, I think, of you know, guys like Trent Harris and Michael Smith and even Amaze, the kid out of Northwestern, I think they'll prove to be great players in Miami. Yeah, well, they're setting themselves up to be very good from 2015 and beyond. The question is going to be um, how do they get through 2014 and, and how much – can the guys that have been playing and giving up 500 yards a game the last couple of years improve between now and September to change? There them? you go. There you go. Thank you. I appreciate it, Gary. All right. All right. Thanks for uh, calling us tonight. All right. Let's go out now to the uh, 202 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Uh, hello? That is, yeah, you with us? Go ahead. 
Uh, yes, sir. Uh, how you doing? Um, I'm, I'm a DC boy, but I wasn't DC, but, uh, but, but uh, I know the hurricanes. Truly love the hurricanes. But the thing is, um, like the um, like the uh, defensive end kid. What is his name again? I forget his name. Valentine. Chad. Chad. Oh, Valentine. He's a defensive tackle. Yes. 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 I think like kid like him, we gotta have him because of his size. Like the dude is a monster. Yeah. I don't think anybody listening is going to disagree with you on that one. Like, 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 play like that, Miami needs to get. It's like a statement over the SEC. Well, they're trying. Yeah, because yeah, you they're... know, because you know how these, because you know how these SEC, they get a lot, a lot of, like these big uh, tackles, like, like uh, defensive tackles. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think Miami needs to get that, just like Florida State did, just like how you, just well, like how Florida State did, and then, and then they won the national championship. Miami needs to get that. Because Miami get the good corners, you know, the good wide receivers, typical linebackers. It's just the, you know what I'm saying, like the D-tackles. You got to have well, the most to win them. They're, they're trying hard, obviously. Um, we'll see what happens on Wednesday, but it's 50-50 right now with Valentine. Um, any, um, anything else you wanted to talk about tonight? Um, no, no, no. Not really. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for calling. All right. All right let's go out now to the um, – the eight five zero, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? All right. Hey, is this Gary? Hey, Gary. How you doing? It's Travis up here in Tallahassee. What's shaking, Travis? Yeah, uh, nothing much, man. Um, actually, my question, because it seems like we kind of got hot on the trail of uh, Trayon Harris recently. I was wondering, like, if he does uh, come into Miami's class this year, and you guys like just had Malik Rogier on there. Would he possibly replace Rogier in that spread option, read option type of offense that they're looking to run next year? Well, let me tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. It's really a, that's a tough, tough deal to answer because you know you've got quarterbacks with such distinct, different styles, and um, you know I'm not really sure. You know, we won't know till after signing day when we can actually talk to the coaches and, and, and ask Al Golden what the plan is here But because they're not allowed to talk about it now. But um, there's no question that, you're, that you've got quarterbacks here with different styles. And, uh, you know, most people I talk to tell me that it doesn't matter whether um, Treon Harris goes to Florida State, goes to Miami, goes to Florida, goes to Auburn, um, that more than likely he is not going to be a quarterback at the college level. And um, you know, I think that he wants to obviously be a quarterback, and there there are schools um, around that's the country. That's not based on his skill set, right? That's based on his well, size. Yeah, I mean, he just doesn't really fit the mold of of a, a, a top shelf college quarterback. So you know, even, even though we just had a Russell Wilson, that's not much bigger than he is, except for maybe twenty pounds heavier. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're he's both what five eleven guys. He's he's definitely thicker in 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 that regard. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's no absolutes at any position. I mean, there really aren't. And um, you know, we're getting ready to have Michael Weish on the show, who's a big defensive tackle. Um, there's guys smaller than Michael that are very successful at the defensive tackle position. So you know, size is, isn't necessarily uh, always you know the barometer. Um, but it's very hard to definitively answer your question is what I'm saying because, we, you know, right. A, we don't know where it's going, and B, we don't know what style offense they're going to try to run depending on the talent that they have at that position. Um, if Brad Kaya is the clear-cut guy, I think your offense looks different 
than if Malik Rozier or Treon Harris is your quarterback. So, you know, I just don't think sitting here now in February that, that we can really answer that question. Right, right. And we've got to see if he even comes into the class. Exactly. All right, so um, I hope that I, answered what you wanted to know. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I actually have another one. Um, I heard, All right, go uh, quick, because guys... I'm going to go to Mike Weiss. Uh, Okay, I heard you guys talk about Drew Harris earlier, and that's a 50-50 thing, whether we want to take him at the end of the day. And then we had the uh, Cameron McKnight guy and everything oh, like that. that. That's, if done. That's, whiff... that's over. Oh, okay, I, I didn't hear that part of the show. If uh, if we whiff on all all of the guys that we're potentially looking at, do you think they maybe uh, look at bringing Corn over from DB? Because, I mean, his uh, natural don't, talent don't, in Tennessee was just amazing. Yeah, but he's small, and he, and he's he's probably too small to to be a running back. I mean, I I don't even think he's he's Duke size, and um, they love him at corner. They think he's not too far away from possibly even be the best cornerback on this football team. So I don't. Well, if they're think thinking that, that then yeah, absolutely. Well, they are thinking <laughs> that. They think he's ultimately yeah. going to be the best the best cornerback on on this team. You know, if, if whether it happens in time for next season, we'll see. Um, but. Um, so I don't think you're going to see Cornell to go to running back. Could be wrong, but I don't okay. think so. All right, thank cool. you so much for thank calling. Thank you so much, and, uh, Gary. I appreciate it. You got it. Thanks for being a part of our show tonight. All right, um, let's go back over now to um, to an, a different line where we've got an awfully big young man who's created a lot of excitement in this recruiting class uh, with us, um, Michael Weish. And, um, Michael, you scared everybody a few days ago when you temporarily decommitted um, – from Miami, but as we sit here now, 36 hours um, from signing day, um, if I believe I'm correct in saying that you're back to being 100% Miami Hurricane. Is that accurate? Yes, sir. Well, then um, we'll, we'll welcome you to the Hurricane Fold and um, talk a little bit about your excitement level right now as, as you approach signing day and are getting ready to, to be a, a Miami player. Oh man, it's just a it's a dream come true. I'm just sitting here uh, sinking it all in with my grandfather right now, because uh, he's the only one here with me. You know, because my grandmother she's in uh, she's in Atlanta, Georgia, taking care of business as far as work business. So, me and my grandfather sinking it all in. You know, it's a blessing, and uh, it's been a long time coming as far as you know, as far as the work I've put in to get to where I am. So I'm just I'm just happy and I'm just ready to work. Hey, hey, Michael, for those of you that don't know your backstory, I mean, it's too long to talk about right now on this show, but, I mean, you guys have got to look at some of our past stories on Kane Sport about Michael. There have been some stories written in his local papers about his backstory, just amazing the things he's overcome. And the reason I mention that, Michael, is because it just seems like you constantly are having these obstacles thrown at you, and the ACC tried to throw the most recent obstacle at you, and I think most kids in your position would, would have let that obstacle sort of block them and take them away from the path they wanted to go on, but you just went right through that obstacle and said, you know what, I'll go back to junior college. I don't care. I'm going to take a couple more classes, and then I'll go to the school of my dreams. And I, I think it takes a special person to do that. But can you talk about your thought process and, and how, um, you know, I don't know if there was sort of a culminating moment for you where you said, you know what, I'm just going to do this. I don't care. I mean, what, what sort of was it? What went into your, into your process in your head that made you say something that a lot of kids wouldn't be willing to do, I'm going to do it? Well, I mean, it goes back to when, you know, people always told me I couldn't do nothing. And, you know, my grandfather always told me, you know, when you start something, finish it. So, I mean, I kind of, you know, took that all in. You know, I just I went on and 
decided, you know, this is what I should do because I, I done started something and now I'm going to finish it. So uh, that's what that's what it is, you know. So and I'm happy with my decision, and I'm just happy to be a part of, you know, something special that Coach Al Golden and that staff is putting together. And just to clarify for fans so they understand, you had the choice to go to pretty much any school in the country other than an ACC school and not have to go back to junior college for a semester. Um, but if you wanted to go to Miami or an ACC school, you would have to go back to junior college because the ACC requires you to do three consecutive semesters at the same junior college. In order to play for an ACC member institution, you had some family issues. You appealed. They denied the appeal. Um, and, and that's just so fans understand sort of where you were coming from. Um, when you got news that, that the appeal was denied, were you sort of surprised? Because, I mean, from everyone I talked to, it sounded like it was sort of a slam dunk. Yeah, I was I was kind of shocked as well because, I mean, I mean, I think I had I think I think had pretty much a valuable excuse with my mother passing away and then, uh, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, I guess that wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's really sad with some of these rules and how rigid – you know, grown men can be with them, and if anybody deserved a waiver of, of that particular rule right now, um, it's certainly you. And um, I, I know that Miami is trying to appeal the appeal. Do you know where that stands right now? Um, you know, actually, I don't. I mean, I'm just I'm moving forward. You know, just going there and just taking the classes and just getting ready to you know enroll in May. May 12th is that. So I mean. I just, I'm not even worried about it, you know, because there's no need. So, I mean, if it happens, it happens. If it don't, I mean, I'm going ahead. I'm, I'm going ahead of, ahead of the game anyway, so. Well, you know, yeah. like Matt just said, that's, you know, that's a credit to you and, you know, your maturity as a young man and um, determination to continue on in the dream that you had set for yourself. And um, before we let you go, just give us um, uh, just give us a summary of what type of football player Miami's getting in Michael Weish. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you know the situation. This coaching staff is counting on you heavily to come in next year and be a big contributor to this football team. That's why you were recruited. That's why you're going to Miami. Talk a little bit about what type of football player the Hurricanes are getting in Michael Weish. Uh, well, I mean, of course, I have a, a aggressive style of play. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a hoo-rah type guy that the loud, obnoxious guy, not one of those guys. I'm, I'm the guy that, uh, you know, go up the field, make a tackle, make a sack, and get back up and do it all over again. I'm not a dancer or none of that stuff. So I just do my job and, uh, you know, have fun with my teammates. All right. Well, we'll, we'll look forward to watching you have fun next fall in a, in a Miami uniform. And uh, like we said, they're going to be counting on you heavily and to help them improve this Miami defense and uh, – I'm sure you're going to enjoy that challenge. Thank you for being with us tonight, Mike. Thank you guys for having me. Y'all have a blessed day. You too. That was Michael Weish, the big defensive tackle, nose guard, who's going to come in and try to plug some holes in that Miami defense next fall. And, you know, you guys here, what what a great young man he is. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to getting to know Michael even better. We've had great conversations with him all through recruiting. Uh, You know, you love to – you know, not all recruits are like that, guys. You know, what you heard right there on the show, is, you know, what you heard from Chad Thomas, Malik Rozier, um, 
some just great young men, Nick Linder, another one who joined us tonight. Uh, great young men coming in to be Miami Hurricanes. And um, like I said, not all the recruits are like that. All right, um, we're getting pretty deep in the show now. We're going to try to hit a bunch of calls right now. We're not going to get to everybody that's on the line. There's just way too many. The Canes Nation has turned out in force tonight. Um, but you have our commitment. We are going to continue this tomorrow night as well. We'll have another show from 8 to 10 uh, tomorrow. And if you don't get on tonight, um, you know, please come back tomorrow night and, 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 and do it again. All right, let's start right now. Um, let's go to the... Um, the 850, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? How you doing, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is uh, Mario out of Tallahassee. All right, Mario, what you got for us? Uh, my question is, I was uh, trying to, you know, talk about Treon Harris, and I was kind of wondering, um, you know, the staff finally decided to offer him, and uh, I was just wondering why did they wait so late in the game to offer this guy when, you know, he's one of the hometown kids and, you know, he's playing at one of the best high schools in the nation and uh, they finally, you know, decide to offer this guy. And I just think if they would have offered him earlier that, you know, maybe he could, we could have, you know, landed some uh, more offensive weapons, you know, to, to help the offensive side of the football. You know, well, maybe we could have got guys like, uh, you know, Rudolph or, you know, maybe even uh, Ermin Lane. To come in and, and you know, jumpstart that offense. No, nah, I don't think that would have made a difference with those guys. I mean, Miami got commitments very early in the game from Brad, uh, from Brad Kaya and Malik Rozier at quarterback. And, and I don't think, you know, whether it's Malik Rozier or Treon Harris, that that was going to impact what uh, Ehrman Lane or Travis Rudolph did. Um, but why did they get – why did it evolve so late in the process? I, you know, I, I think, you know – Treon hasn't spoken very much, and, and we're having to put a lot of things together from talking to his brother and his father, and uh, there has been a lot of mystery involved in this one, to be honest with you. But um, what I can gather from you know putting different conversations together is that early on in the game, it was, it was pretty clear-cut. You know, He wants to be a college quarterback, and when Miami took those other quarterback commitments, um, he didn't um, really see a place for him at Miami. I think as he's gone on in the process and, you know, has gone, he went to the Under, um, not the Under Armour game, the All-American game in San Antonio, and he played a lot of defensive back out there and had some success. And um, I, I think even though he wants his first shot to be a quarterback, if he's being honest with himself um, and, and his father's being honest with him and, who's and a, you know, a lifelong football coach, um I think that they have to be open-minded that if he's not a clear-cut number one quarterback, whether it's Miami, Florida State, Florida, Auburn, that there's a receptiveness to go and be a defensive back. And, um, you know, I, I think that maybe just a little bit of that mature thinking may have led him to be more receptive to listening to what Miami has to say. By no means does it make him a lock to go to Miami on sign day. If you talk to people at Florida State, they'll tell you, that Florida State is not the least bit concerned about losing Treyon. If you talk to people <laughs> at Florida, uh, they'll tell you that they think Florida is going to flip them. So, you know, there's no guarantees what's going to happen, but that's the deal right now. Okay, okay. Uh, that's all i got to say, man. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me on, and uh, I enjoy listening to your show. We appreciate you being with us. All right, let's go now to the um, 985, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. 
Hey, I'm back, Eric. Oh, did I? Um, Hello. Were you on hold or? I was. Yeah, I just. All right. Yeah, I was. Go ahead. I, I just got just one thing real quick. I just wanted to say that just from listening to the kids that we've got coming in to the U uh, this year in the recruiting class, what a tremendous group of young men. Just listening to those guys talk tonight, and. Uh, it just, it, you know, it's amazing, you know, with all, like you say, all the pressure that they've got going through, uh, they're going through right now, uh, it just kind of their, their their stamina and the way they're holding up with it. I just wanted to give a shout-out to those guys for showing up tonight and speaking on uh, on Kane Sport, and that's, that's pretty right. much it. Thanks for that thought. Take I'm going to put you back on hold, and um, let's go now to the uh, 515, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Who's this? Oh, this is Skibby. All right, Skibby, how you doing Skibby. tonight? Good, good. Uh, first, uh, I was actually just about to post this to uh, to Matt. Uh, just wanted to say uh, thanks for having Matt on, and thanks, Matt, for coming on. Um, I think I was asking for it a while back, and I've always appreciated your perspective, so glad you were able Thank to come on. Thank you, Skibby. Skibby, I, I, see uh, your post all the, I see your post all the time. <laughs> well, I, I post a lot. You, you give me a Skibby's not shy. Here's <laughs> the reason I have a job. If he if Skibby Skibby wasn't there, I don't think I'd have much to write on the message boards. You want to be yeah. on Skibby's good side because if you're not, he's he's going to ask me to be banned. <laughs> uh, we get we get more more emails from Skibby asking for other people to get banned than anybody on the board. <laughs> oh, you've only gotten one from me. Come on, I do. I have posted. I, I well, have you mean one one every two days? You mean uh, anyway? What you got tonight? <laughs> Hey man, those negative posters—they they drive me nuts. But um, <laughs> that's neither—that's neither here nor there. Uh, well, no. So first, I—I I wanted to say, uh, you know, it's pretty clear from the guys that you had on the show tonight, the recruits, that we've got a pretty impressive group of young men uh, coming in to the U- University of Miami this year. Um, every single one of them uh, is incredibly impressive, and. Uh, I was particularly impressed with with Chad Thomas. That that kid is clearly a very thoughtful uh, young man. Um, very impressive. Did not. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to see that from you know reading quotes online, but actually hearing him, you know, hearing him talk uh, live is uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, so I just I. I actually didn't think I was going to get on, but I wanted to just ask where you guys stand right now. You know, you both have kind of been on record saying you think that that Treon's going to sign with the Canes on on Wednesday. Do you still feel that way? Well, I'll start. You first, Gary. You first, Gary. I'm going to say yes because if he wasn't, what's the point? You know, I mean, he he wasn't a serious part of this Miami recruiting deal for so long. He was committed to Florida State. You know, why include Miami at the end here if you're not serious about possibly going to Miami? And um, so I, I think he is very serious. And, uh, I mean, we won't know till Wednesday. I mean, I like I said, I talked to people in Tallahassee, and they tell me the Florida State staff is totally convinced that Treon is safe for Florida State. I spoke to spoke to some people in Gainesville tonight and they're convinced up in Gainesville that their offensive coordinator has done a great job of bonding with him and that they've convinced him to come and be the Gator quarterback of the future. So everybody thinks they're getting Treon, including Auburn. So 
you know, he's done a pretty darn good job of convincing the schools recruiting him that he's interested. Um, but that's just my take on it. I don't know. I, I still feel there's a decent chance that he goes to Miami. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you my take since, since Skibby Skibby seems to like me. Um, <laughs> out, of the, out of the guys on the fence, you know, the Trevantes, the JCs, I mean, I feel most confident of, about Trion. Like, if, if someone, you know, held a figurative gun to your head and said, you got to pick out of all these kids that are on the fence, which one winds up in Miami, I would pick Trion. I mean, I think he's the one that Miami has the best chance with um, out of the guys on the fence. I, I, I do expect him to become a hurricane on Wednesday. You know, and you got to remember a bunch of these guys, like the words coming out of FSU, out of Florida, a lot of these kids are not going to say no to these programs. They're going to be real nice and real happy and real, you know, seem real genuine with everybody because these kids don't like to say no to anybody until they have to. That's just the way it is. That's why sometimes um, coaching staffs are, are duped, and it just it happens to virtually every coaching staff by some recruit at some point in the recruiting process. It's inevitable. Um, because these recruits just, they want to be your friend. You are their friend. They've, you've been recruiting them for three years. Now, nothing's going to change all of a sudden just because some other school's leading for you. You're not going to all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, thanks for calling, but, you know, I've got to go take a bath right now. You know, no, you're still going to talk to the guys and be nice to them. So, um, so you know, you can't read it too much into, okay, FSU thinks they're going to get him, Florida thinks they're going to get him, maybe Miami thinks they're going to get him. No. You know, I think he goes to Miami. That's it. Bottom line, period. That's my take. Well, all right. Anything, right. anything else, Skippy? Nope, that's it. Just another day and a half. Yep, another day and a half. Thanks for uh, joining the show tonight. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow night if you come up with anything else. All right, we're going to try to fit a few more in here before we go tonight um, and get back on that recruiting grind and see what scoops we can come up with for you guys. Let's go to the uh, 609 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Yes, sir. Go ahead. How are you doing? Um, Real quick, um, we're just thinking about um, you mentioned about uh, well one of the things I think what Miami has to do and I don't know what you guys think is we need for the staff and I think the staff has done a good job and I think the problem with South Florida and and, and with the recruiting and all the stuff that you have to deal with with the things that are going on down there personally I think it's tough toxic with all the negative recruiting and the agents and all that mess that you hear a lot. Um, one of the things that I think Miami needs to do is try to get a, maybe another staff member or a staff that has like an influential type of uh, that has more influence in the in the area in South Florida. I know there was a rumor about Ice Harris and you know maybe on staff or not whatever, but I would like to see something like that. For example, um, real quick, you know West Virginia hired that Damon Cognil. I don't know his last name. Yep. He went from Miramar and stuff like that. If Miami could do something like that to help, you know, I guess whatever that loose ends in South Florida, maybe will help with recruits. What do you think about that? So, because you well, it's got to like be Miami the right guy. Like a... You know, it's got to uh-huh. be the right guy. I mean, you know, Ice Harris might be the right guy for that. Uh, but, you know, he's certainly well-respected in the community. And, um, you know, like we have heard those rumors, as we've said. Uh, but nobody yeah. is acknowledging that right now. Um, it's clearly something that's not going to happen before signing day. Um, but, you know, we have heard that there has been some discussions going on with Ice and Al Golden, and uh, we'll see how that evolves. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, you, I know you mentioned that they might have a position open or something like that. I'm pretty sure oh, Golden, Golden knows that he's smart. Um, but uh, we need to, really, you know, that's the goal to really try to lock down. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about winning, like you said. I mean, yep. I agree with that. 
Um, but we just just wanted to mention that. I think if we could get JC and Treon, that would be great. Um, Valentine is, I don't, I would love to have him, but I don't even know about that. So um, just pretty much that. I would like to see some, another, you know, you know, recruiter type of, type of Coley. I don't know, somebody on the staff. I think the Miami staff yep. is good, but I'd like to see another, you know, guy out there. Well, it. we'll see how they fill that uh, football ops position. Uh, thanks for uh, joining ops. us tonight. Glad we were able to fit you in. Um, we'll be back thanks. tomorrow night if you come up with anything else. All right, let's go now to the um, the 205, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Big Slaughter 5. All right, Big. Slaughter go ahead. Give us back. something big here. Oh, what's the um, – I, I was on – I was – Reading about the Bo, um, Bo Scarborough, he came down on a visit. What's the chance yes, that you think we, uh, we can get him? Very, very slim. You know, he's in Tuscaloosa. Alabama's got handcuffs on that kid. Um, I, I think he loved Miami, um, loved the idea of the big city. But at the, at the end of the day, uh, a kid that's been living in Tuscaloosa has recruited half the, half the darn class at Alabama. Um, it would be the biggest shocker of the year in recruiting if on Wednesday – he signed the Miami letter of intent, but I can assure you he will have one in his mailbox. Okay, we did flip Tracy Howard when everybody thought he was going to Florida. So, you know, Gerald Golden, you was a full of, you know, a hat. That's true. You, you, yeah, you, never but, say um, never. you never say never. Yeah, um, but me evaluating um, the kid from Central, I think his name, Grace, the athlete. Yeah, uh, right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was looking at the film or whatnot, and I think he can be. I think he can be that type of running back. For us. I think he actually is a pretty good running back instead of a receiver or a tight end or whatever. What you think about that? He can play uh, a lot. That kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's an he is an athlete. You know, he's skilled as an athlete. He, uh, he he's fast enough. You know, I don't know that he's had. Um, Maybe the, the running back. I believe he doesn't play quarterback. You know, I don't think he's had that he much running back. He played quarterback at Carroll City, um, yeah. but he probably projects as a, as a, as a skill player in, in college. The problem is he's probably not going to be here for a little bit because his chances oh, of qualifying yeah. are very very slim, not looking very good. But, um, you know, running back is one place he could get a look. Receiver is another. Um, wouldn't even oh. shock if he ended up on defense. You never know. So are we out to look with um, Griffin? The, um, guy, um, the, the receiver guy, or he has to go to junior college, yeah, that, or what's the deal on him? That ship has sailed. He's out of the picture right now. Uh, I think he's going to end up okay. a Texas Southern from the last I heard. That sucks. He was a big, yep. he was a big kid for us. We need to have him. Okay, yep. well, he, I'll be calling in tomorrow. So you know, all right, we'll be we'll be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for calling. All right, let's do a couple more. Let's go to the um, let's do the three hundred five where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, how you doing, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Sino305. All right, man. What you got for us tonight? Okay, so I'll keep it short and simple. I know you got a lot of calls. Um, what do you What do you think about uh, the you know lack of DT commits that we were able to get, and you know the lack of quality in terms of the DT commits um, that being our biggest need over the last couple of years. Well, Why I mean, it's a, number one, it's the toughest position to recruit, to be honest with you, other than maybe quarterback, because, you know, think about it, defensive linemen, 
are the key to any great team. And if, if a defensive lineman is really, really good, then a lot of really good schools are going to want him to come. So it's a hard position to recruit, number one. Number two, you don't get a lot of great ones in South Florida, which makes it tough for Miami. You typically got to go out of town um, to get those guys. And um, so it, it's a tough spot to recruit now. But that said, you got Michael Weiss in this class. Um, you got Anthony Moten in this class. You got Calvin Hurtaloo in this class. So it, it's not a disaster by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but it's, it's, it's a tough spot to recruit. Okay. And then another thing is, you know, you mentioned earlier in your conversations that, um, you know, you've got to win to um, make up for the bad, uh, the negative recruiting. And, but you've got to recruit well to win. So it's sort of a catch-22. Now, uh, with that being said, where, you know, what's your two things? What's your prediction on this staff in terms of getting it done? And how long do you think it takes before, you know, if they can get it done? If you think the staff is this, the group that can develop the players and win the games. How long do you, you know, can I put you out on a limb and sort of tell me what you think in terms of how long it will take for them to, to get to where we need to get? Well, I'm, I'm sure Al Golden and all, and all those guys are listening to our show right now. So I'm going to take executive, I'm going to take executive privilege here. And since I'm his boss, I'm going to kick this to Matt and, and let him answer that question. <laughs> Yeah, so can you repeat exactly what you want me to say? <laughs> okay, so basically, look, basically, Matt, do you think this is... Wait, let me stop you so we can just stick to recruiting. We Listen, we, we can't... We, we, not that we cannot definitively tell you that this staff as it exists today is going to be successful or not successful. I mean, you know, they've been fighting the fight for three years. It's, 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 it has not been easy. It's been very tough. I think that the... Um, the, the reason that you saw Al Golden stick with them in, in, in one unit is that he appreciates what they've been through with him, and he's not going to bail out on his guys at a time when they feel like the roster is just starting to get better and, and, and you've got a, a 28 or 29 strong recruiting class getting ready to come in here right now. And, you know, that's, that's what a third of a football team. So – you know, his feeling is that, you know, he wanted to bring them back intact and see if they can continue their forward progress next season. And um, you have to respect his loyalty. Uh, I, I think that a lot of coaches in his position uh, certainly would have scapegoated their defensive coordinator and maybe some other coaches to pacify a clearly angry fan base. And if you go on our message boards every day and you listen to this show, you understand how angry a lot of people are about, you know, the way things have gone, particularly on the defensive side of the football. Um, but can we definitively tell you, yay or nay, that they're, they're going to turn the corner and be successful or they're never going to be successful? No, we really can't. I mean, there, there's nothing we can really say in that regard. Okay. Well, it's just that, you know, for me it's just strange because the team, when I, when I watch the Hurricanes, they just don't look like – Miami Hurricanes. It's the energy. It's the skill. It's it's like everything. And is it really just the talent? Is it the the coaching? You know, what is the deal with this team? It's I everything. It it's everything. And we talked about it all year long. And everybody wanted to scapegoat D'Onofrio. And I always said every week when we talked about it on this show that it's way too big and there's way too many problems to blame it on one guy. It's everything. And let me tell you something. When things go bad and the entire community in South Florida is saying the defense coordinator stinks, the scheme stinks, and, and that's what these kids are surrounded by every day, 
that doesn't help the situation either. It, it, it just creates a polluted environment. So, but like I said about a lot of things, the only thing that is going to solve the issue is success. And uh, they just got to come back next yeah, year no, and try to be that. better. It's just what's, All right, but let's not, let's not get off, let's not get off t- on, a, on a tangent here about that right now. Okay. We, got, we got eight months to – or well, not eight, <laughs> but seven, seven months to, t- to talk about that, and we will. Um, let's try to stick to recruiting. Did you have anything else recruiting-wise tonight? Well, no, with the recruiting, it's it's just that, you know, I get excited about these guys, whether it's Valentine or uh, J.C. Jackson or Treon Harris. But then, you know, last year I was getting excited, too, about these same guys, but I don't see these guys developing. So that's why I, I you know, went into the uh, the other direction. But um, so, okay, so can you give can you just finish with uh, some predictions on uh, on Wednesday with, you know, J.C. Jackson, Treon Harris? And, All right, uh, um Okay. All right, let's yeah, let, let's do that, Matt. Let's go down. We'll, we'll we'll end the show tonight. We'll go position by position, and we'll each give um, our percentages now um, on the guys on the fence, and that's how we'll end the show tonight. Um, and then we'll yeah. pick this back up tomorrow night at eight o'clock. And I know there's so many of you that are still on the line, and uh, I apologize we didn't get to everybody, but we wanted to get the kids on. You know, Chad Thomas, Nick Linder, um, Malik Rozier. Uh, Michael Weiss, you saw what great guests they were, and we wanted to give them a little airtime tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, we'll we'll stay hardcore and and talk about the issues and and, and all your questions. Um, but let's start at quarterback, Matt. Um, obviously, Kyan is 100. percent Well, no, I guess I shouldn't speak for you. I'm going to say Brad Kaya is 100. Uh, percent Matt, what do you think? Yeah, for sure. Okay, we're we're in agreement on that. Um, I think you heard from Malik. Rozier tonight that he's 100%. Matt, you agree? Yes. Okay. Um, that leaves us with Treon Harris. Um, I'm going to say 70% Miami. What do you think, Matt? I'll, uh, bet, I'll, I'll bet you 5% more. You're going to go 75. All right. Sure. So that's, you know, we'll, we'll, hopefully we don't end up uh, holding the bag on that one. Um, running back, the only um, running back on the board right now is Joseph Yearby. He's already in in Coral Gables, so he's a thousand percent to use uh, Chad Thomas language. Um, receivers, uh, Braxton Berrios obviously is a hundred percent. Tyree Brady, Matt, um, I'm going to say a hundred percent. You agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've spoken almost all these kids today, so yeah, Brady and Langham both are a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, I'll agree with that. Um, now, tight end, um, Christopher Herndon, I'll say a hundred percent. You agree, Matt? Yes. Okay, and David Nujoko obviously just committed the other day. I'll call him 100%. I'm going to call him 99% because I'm not sure there's going to be school on Wednesday. I think there's another storm's coming through there, so we we may have to wait till Thursday. (laughs) All right. Um, O-line, Trevor Darling already in school. Casey McDermott already in school. Um, I don't think there's any question that Nick Linder, you heard from him tonight, Brandon Linder's brother has dreamed his whole life of being a Miami Hurricane. I think he's obviously 100%. Um, next, let's go to a guy, Lorenzo Featherston. And this is an interesting one because we haven't really had a chance to talk to him much. Um, but a kid that, as we talked about earlier in the show, uh, drove you know some 12, 13 hours with his family for an official visit. And um, to me, that's a sign that he's very interested or else why in the world would they put themselves through that? Um, we've got him at 40% in unison on the on the hot board. Um, I'll go out on the limb and I'll say 55% that Lorenzo Featherston um, drops his FSU commitment and comes to Miami. What do you think, Matt? 
Oh man, I think you've been doing this show too long. What is it? Two hours plus. What happened? What happened to you? <laughs> Lorenzo Featherston. I'm gonna go just based on the the only information that I have on Lorenzo Featherston is that he and his coach will not even tell us when his signing day is going to be on. Uh, his signing day ceremony will be on Wednesday. They apparently don't want us to be covering it because you think they would tell us that. I've left messages at the school. I've left messages on the coach's cell phone. I've texted both of them. They don't seem interested in having the Miami fan base follow his uh, signing on Wednesday, so I'm going to say 5%. All right. Um, Lamont Galliard, we already talked about his coach. With him sitting by his side, told us that he expects him to sign with Georgia um, on Wednesday. So I'm going to say 1% on Lamont Galliard. You, Matt? I'm going to go with one one-thousandth of a percent. Okay. Um, Trent Harris, we have no reason to believe he's anything but 100%. Um, so I'll say 100. You, Matt? Uh, isn't Trent Harris enrolled? I believe Trent and Calvin oh, both enrolled already. You're, you're right. My, my bad. I'm just going down the list here. I apologize. Um, Demetrius Jackson, another one, was rumored to be visiting other places, decided not to this past weekend, did not go to Texas. Uh, so I'm going to say Demetrius Jackson's 100%. The people at Booker T have even told us that of all the three kids at Booker T, that he's the most committed to Miami. So I'll say 100%. Yeah, I mean, the only reason that I, I may not go 100% is, you know, if Chad Thomas does something crazy, because I, I know they want to play together, but I'm going 100% too. Okay. Um, Cortell Jenkins out of New Jersey never has wavered. I'll say 100% there. Yeah, 100%. I'm going to do the same with Anthony Moten. 100%. Okay, uh, Mike Smith, Miami Northwestern. Um, a lot of schools have tried to get in on him and, and turn him. Um, he's never wavered. Um, so I guess I'm going to stick 100% there. Yep, uh, 100%. Okay, now the tough one, Chad Thomas, um, a guy that's been wooed the past two weeks by FSU and Alabama. Um a lot of people around town have refused to accept that he might consider these other schools. Um, I think he was considering FSU until he went to Alabama this past weekend, and you heard him tell us on the show tonight that Alabama is now right there at number two in his mind, and he was sitting there um, with his father tonight talking about the pros and cons, and even though he's called himself a 1,000% to Miami and 100% to Miami, um, I still do believe that Alabama is at least somewhere in his mind getting some consideration. You know, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go 90% on Chad Thomas. I'm not going to go hundred percent. How about you, Matt? Well, I'm going to do it a little different. It seems like Chad Thomas, I think he has up to 140% because he's not your normal player. So I'm going to go hundred percent Miami, 30% Alabama, 10% FSU. All right, fair enough. Um, another interesting one, Trevante Valentine, um, once a Miami commitment, decommitted, um, seemed to be going to LSU. Now he's supposedly 50-50, according to his mother. Um, boy, this is a tough one, but I'm going to go uh, 40% Miami, 60% LSU on this one. You, Matt? Um, you know what? I'm not even, I'm not even going to put a percent on it. I'm going to just say that... At the end of the day, I do not think he's a hurricane. All right, so you got that means he's at least that means you're at least at forty nine at the worst. I'm going fifty. I'm going fifty one forty nine. Okay, fair enough. Fifty one in favor of LSU. Correct. Okay. <laughs> you have to put a number um, on it. <laughs> I don't even um, want to put a number on it. I don't even know how this kid does things, but that's what I, I guess. If you got to put a number on it, go ahead. 
All right, Michael Weiss, um, I don't think there's any doubt after listening to him tonight, um, even though he decommitted for a day or two in disappointment over the ACC, that he's 100%? Yes. All right. Um, you know, let's go to the linebackers. Terry McRae, uh, a kid that I know for a fact um, was fishing around a little bit in, in recent weeks, but um, didn't really – find the right situation to consider seriously. Um, so I'm going to call him 100%. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, so there's something about him that worries me. I don't know why. I mean, he's telling us he's going to – he told me today he's going to sign with Miami, but I'm going to still put him at 95%. I, there's just some weird stuff that can go on there. I don't know. I'm uh, I, I agree. If somebody defects on signing day, it's going to be him, in my opinion, um, that, that, that nobody's thinking about. Um, to me, he's very similar to Riley Gibbons. You know, I've heard he's been sort of shopping around a little bit behind the scenes. And um, if somebody does defect on signing day, I would I would say Terry McRae would be the greatest candidate. But his coach did tell us that he's signing with Miami. Um, so I mean, I guess I got to call him 100 percent right now um, because of that. Um, all right, already enrolled Darian Owens and Jawan Young. So let's go to um, DB uh, Marcus Gayat. Uh, former Louisville commitment from the time that he's committed to Miami has not wavered. So I'm going to call Marquise um, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Uh, Kai Hester from New Jersey, uh, same thing, had a, his pick of a lot of schools, committed to the Hurricanes. I'll call him at 100%. Yep, I agree with you. All right. Um, Ryan Mays already enrolled, um, which takes us to a guy that everybody's interested in, uh, J.C. Jackson, a phenomenal athlete out of Immokalee High School. He's been a Florida commitment, um, but has been shopping around Florida State, Miami. Usually that means he's not going where he's committed in the first place. Um, I'm going to call this one uh, 75% for Miami. Um, How about you, Matt? Uh, You know, I've been calling J.C. Jackson to Miami for a while, you know, and um, the truth is I just just get mixed signals. I mean, I, I really... On the big board, we list him at 50-50. I mean, I don't know what to say. I, I, I hear some stuff that he could go somewhere else. I hear some stuff that he could go to Miami. We're I don't not know what to say. You, so I've got to put him at 50-50. i got to leave him oh, at 50-50. Come. I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. Come on. All right. Well, uh, well it's, it's late, so we're going to let Matt get away with that one. But um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know. Say- if I had to go one way or the other, I'm, an, I'm a negative person. I'll say no. All right? Okay. If I had to go one so way or the other, so, if you've got to push so it to one side or the other, I'll say no. So then say 49%. All right, then forty nine percent. You pushed me into it. I can blame you. Okay. When he picks my hat, when he picks hey, listen, if I if I say no then I'm happy when he says yes. If I say yes then I'm unhappy when he says no, I'd rather be happy. So uh let's go that way. All right. Um Trayon Gray, we've talked about him a lot tonight on this show. a uh, very talented athlete out of Miami Carroll City. Unfortunately, he does have some challenges ahead academically. Um greater chance that he ends up at JUCO or prep school than at Miami in the fall, but he's fighting and trying and we give him credit for that. Um, I'm going to say 100% there, Matt. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, and that brings us down to our final guy on the hot board, uh, Tavon Ross, a guy uh, most likely a defensive back out of Cochran, Georgia. And um, he's been a Missouri commit, fished around with Miami. We know that they're working him very, very hard, but we have no reason at this point as we sit here tonight to believe it's going to be successful. Um, We've got him at 20% on the hot board. Um, I'm going to say 25% Miami on that one. I mean, I'm going to, for the same reasons as the last .001% guy, I mean, he doesn't want to talk to us. He doesn't want to text us. His coach doesn't want to text us. doesn't want to talk to us. 
I've been doing this for how, how long we've been doing this? 20 years, it feels like. I think it's really been maybe it's been 10. pretty close to but, that. Yeah, and, but um, I mean, I think that I, I've never seen a kid who doesn't want Miami to cover his signing day announcement who winds up in Miami. So I'm putting point zero zero one percent. Maybe tomorrow yeah. he'll respond, and we can post on the message board about it. But until then, if a kid doesn't want us covering his announcement, it usually means he's not coming here. Point zero zero one. You're probably right. I'm I'm probably a little optimistic on that one at twenty five percent, but even that's not a real um, declarative uh, statement in its own right. So guys, like we, you know, we hope this is giving you some good insight. Um, you know, really, really phenomenal show. Good phone calls. Um, I want to thank Chad Thomas for joining us tonight. Um, what a great segment that was. And if any of you joined us late, um, he was on with us at about 8.15, about 15 minutes into the show. Make sure you go back and listen to the podcast. It'll be online shortly. Um, great segment with Chad Thomas tonight. Um, also want to thank Nick Linder, um, just a really classy kid. Um, another great segment. Gave us some good insight into his feelings at following his brother, to Miami. Malik Rozier um, had some great conversation with him. Um, the Russell Wilson clone, so to speak, is hoping that Brennan Carroll can make that introduction so he could pick Russell Wilson's mind at being that type of all-purpose quarterback and developing his career. Um, great segment we had with Malik. And Michael Weish, the defensive tackle, who's you know, been through so much adversity, losing his mother, wanting to be a Miami Hurricane, has this stupid ACC rule in his path right now, um, but has accepted the fact that he has to go back to junior college uh, and take a few more classes so that he could be a Miami Hurricane in the fall. I want to thank Michael Weish for joining us as well. Um, Matt Shodell, thanks for joining me on, on this edition of Kane Sport Live. I think you got a first-hand look at you know, how much fun it is out here on this show. Uh, intermingling with the Canes Nation. And I want to thank everybody that joined us tonight. And listen, I, I'm going to apologize greatly to you guys on the phone that we didn't get to tonight. Please call back tomorrow night, and um, we'll try to focus on your phone calls. Um, we're getting close to signing day, folks. It's here. We're in the fog of war, and uh, Matt and I are going to sign off now and jump right back into it and see what scoops that we can uncover for you as we count down the hours to National Signing Day. So for Matt Shodell, I'm Gary Furman. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Kane Sport Live.